pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. San Antonio Sports Star Audio Vault is brought to you by AA Best Bail Bonds. 225-2121 or online at mybestbailbonds.com. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. And it is going to be a good day today because Joe Reinagle actually wadded up a piece of paper, threw it, and actually made it into the trash can the first time in three months that he's been working here that on one take, it goes in. Well, I finally uh, channeled my inner Tim Duncan Oh, and used the glass. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what it is. <laughs> it is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm Jay Semenix. He is Joe Reinagle. Or Good as he likes to say, yeah. hey, Joe Reinagle. Hey. Hey, Joe Reinagle. <laughs> ah, man, you got to have a catchphrase, don't you? Hey. Hey. Joe Reinagle. <laughs> Let me sell you a car. <laughs> like one of those bad TV lawyers. <laughs> hey, hey. Joe Reinagle. <laughs> Not hey, a bad idea. Not Aaron a bad Rogers, idea. I'm rich. <laughs> hey, Russell Wilson. I've got a new home. Hey, Dalton Schultz. I'm rich, too. Didn't expect to be. Wow. A lot going on today. And a lot to talk about because not all of these are great things. I'm just saying. Now, they're great for the guys that signed them, and they're rich, and congratulations. <laughs> but, man, can the, the theme of the day for the Denver Broncos is overpay. Were they? I mean, were they that desperate? Yes, they Holy were. They, they were that desperate for a quarterback and for a franchise that has a history of going out finding veteran quarterbacks that they didn't draft, and those quarterbacks taking them to the Super Bowl on their way to the Hall of Fame. That's their game plan. Oof. They did it with John. They did it with Peyton. Now they're hoping to do it again with Russ. Now with uh, with Elway, obviously he was there for a while. Peyton. Was he, he was a free agent when he went to Denver, wasn't he? There was no trade involved. Yeah, he I don't was a think. free agent. Okay, so yeah. that was different. This is a trade, and man, they the Broncos gave up the ranch. And I and I got to tell you, if if I'm the Houston Texans and I'm seeing this, and I know they've thrown out, you know, what they want is even more than this. But I mean, my goodness, if you could get a deal like this, you sign that thing tomorrow. Unbelievable. Well, I I do think though it does set a pretty decent baseline. For the Houston Texans. And when you look at the haul that Denver got, or that Denver gave up, that Seattle got, Seattle did well in giving up their franchise quarterback, right? I, 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 I would mean, say. Th- th- this, is, this is a nice haul for the Seahawks. This is Herschel Walker-esque. Mm, I mean, so they got a Drew Locke. Yes, they get a tight end. Yes. They get a defensive lineman. Yes. They got two first round picks. Yes. Two second round picks. Yes. And a fifth round pick. They give up Russ and a fourth. And and I tweeted out, what will the Texans get? Because to me, here's the baseline. Here's the parameters of a trade. 
for you to go get. And Clint Sterner immediately tweets back, starts with three ones, which is what the asking price has been since Deshaun Watson asked for a trade many, many moons ago. I could almost see that, though, because you're talking about a five-year age difference mm-hmm. between Watson and Russell Wilson. Uh, yeah, And that's that's the thing that concerns me. I mean, who knows these days? I mean, quarterbacks, obviously, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, are playing late into their 30s, into their 40s. Um, so maybe Russell Wilson still has a lot of productive years uh, left. However, that's quite the gamble. Two firsts and two seconds. That's that's a lot. Well, when you look at the wide receivers and, and, and the rest of what Denver has, they were just missing a quarterback. And now you look at the AFC West with now Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. That's a hell of a division when it comes to quarterback play. The entire AFC wow. is loaded. And so if, if I'm if I'm Deshaun Watson and I'm looking at this, all of a sudden, I'm, any NFC team that calls, that's where I want to go. Because the NFC road to the Super Bowl is certainly a hell of a lot easier than it is in the AFC now. As with everything, it all comes back to the Cowboys. With Russ gone out of Seattle and he's in the AFC, you look at who are the best quarterbacks in the NFC. Tom Brady retired, so you go Aaron Rodgers one. Dak two or three. Matt Stafford. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Well, you got to put Stafford in second there, I would think, okay, in that group. I, I mean, I, 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 he won a Super Bowl. He, he just won, he a, just Super won Bowl, a Super Bowl. Right? But, I mean, but again, I mean, when you look at it, the, the Cowboys window that we've talked about closing, I see what's happening on this landscape. And. If I'm Stephen Jones, I'm Jerry Jones, I'm Mike McCarthy, why aren't we going all in? Am I excited today when I look down and go, all right, man, we got Noah Brown on a one-year deal. All right, we're working on a, <laughs> on a Michael Gallup. We're, we, you know, we, we put the franchise tag on Dalton Schultz. Uh, we restructured Dak's deal. We restructured Zach Martin's deal. That frees up $22 million in cap space. I have no idea who the math guy is with Green Bay. But now Aaron did tweet that the numbers we're hearing about aren't true, but they are, I'm sure. Of course. Uh, how do they give him $200 million, put the tag on Devontae Adams, and still have room to go field the rest of a team? Can we just go poach their math guy? Because that's better than the math guy in Dallas that says, we can't keep Amari, we can't keep Tank, but we can get Noah Brown. We're going to keep Greg Zerline, <laughs> but we can't afford Anger, our punter. What? I, I don't understand the math guy in Dallas. When you look at the NFC right now, seemingly wide open to get to the Super Bowl with the majority of the quarterback talent now in the AFC. It's incredible what that AFC is going to look like and the dogfight it's going to be, but you're right. And from what I've we've read and, and understand about Rodgers' contract that he will sign eventually, it is backloaded. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, he's not – I don't think he's going to count – that much on the cap. I mean, obviously, he's going to count a lot. Not this year. This year. And again, that's why we keep talking about restructuring these mm-hmm. deals over the next couple of years, pushing that money two or three years when the new TV deals yeah. kick in. The cap is going to be bigger. You're going to be able to absorb those a little bit. That's exactly right. So that's what the Packers are doing. And But the Packers didn't need to reload like the Cowboys do. 
the Packers are in pretty good shape. Now, they keep Devontae Adams. That certainly uh, probably was part of Rodgers' deals. It, it, hey, if I'm going to sign here, i got to have my security blanket, the guy that I know I can throw the ball anywhere in the vicinity, and he's yep. going to catch it. And you know what? We don't even have to run a play for him because if I want to throw it to him, I'm going to throw it to him because that's what NFL quarterbacks are supposed to do. And if I'm Adams... I'm structuring my deal to end at the same time Aaron's does. <laughs> I am married to that guy as long as he is playing, and then and then I'm out. But you use the term rebuild with the Cowboys. Do they have to? Yes. I, 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 but they don't have to if they could figure out the damn math. That's what I'm saying. If you were to bring back Amari or Tank, why do we got to lose them both, right? It, it, you, you've got the weapons. You had the number one offense. Yes, things faltered down the stretch. We all know what happened. But that was a team a year ago built for the Super Bowl. So now mm-hmm. you're going to tell me that math, that dollars, are going to make you, uh, well, let's let's replace Amari Cooper with Noah Brown, hopefully a Michael Gallup, and we're not going to lose. Why? Be all in. This is the year. If you're Dallas, be all in. I, I agree with that completely. The problem is, is I'm looking at this list right here that I looked at a few minutes ago, 24 players. 24 mm-hmm. are set to be free agents for the Dallas Cowboys. Now, some of those guys were taken care of today. Dalton Schultz, Noah Brown, um, Cedric Wilson is going to be back, most likely. Michael Gallup's going to be back. But then you got, and you mentioned Randy Gregory, Leighton Vanderesh, Keanu Neal, J. Ron Kirsch, Malik Hooker, DeMonte Casey, and Connor Williams. All, and that's just a short list, all free agents that the Cowboys either have to deal with or let go somewhere else. Well, in my mind, anybody named Connor can be let go. I agree with that, they're, but you got to replace them, and that's the biggest problem is that offensive line. And they're all going to end up getting replaced. There's still going to be 53 Cowboys. Well, of course. How many of those guys overperform their contract and are, and are going to make money somewhere else? And then you look at the relationship part of things. I, I mean, you know, Curse and Casey, uh, I expect them to be back late in Vanderish. What can you get on the open market, Leighton? I mean, because you were really good, then you weren't. We're not going to overpay you. And I appreciate the Cowboys saying we're not going to overpay you. When I hear reports, Anthony Hitchens would like to come back to oh, Dallas. Please. I'm sure he would. There's a <laughs> reason he got let go. Um, I mean, he played well for Dallas. He went and cashed in in Kansas City, got a ring. I don't need you back uh, unless you're really cheap. And even then, I don't know that I need old, cheap talent. No, you don't. And I don't know about this was the first year this year that Vanderesh actually stayed healthy and he played pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure Funny there's how going, that works in a contract. Well, yes. yeah, isn't it? I'm sure he's going to get some interest around the league. You know, he is linebackers like that. And as he's coming out of school, the Cowboys obviously thought a lot of this guy. Yep. Uh, disappointing five years or four years in, in Dallas. But somebody's going to offer this kid some money. The question is, are the Cowboys going to have enough to keep him, or does he get away? And then you've got to replace him. I'm just saying there's a lot of work to be done, and maybe the Cowboys have this all figured out. However, they got a lot of work to do, Jason. They, they do have a lot of work to do, and they are getting some work done. And we're overreacting in the moment to what we know <laughs> at the time. It's are you, what, are you getting frustrated that's over what, there? That's what we do. That's what we do. That That's what we do. Well, because on the surface, the plan, I haven't been a fan of. Why, I understand we might have to lose one, Lawrence or Amari. I don't understand why we have to lose both. And then, you know, 
sign Randy Gregory, let Tank walk. I, I'm good with that. Um, but you can't lose both Gregory and Tank. And the idea of the window seems so wide, the opportunity seems so wide open right now that why wouldn't you go all in right now? You know, R.J. Ochoa, our good friend from bloggingtheboys.com and our original Rock the Mic winner, had a tweet the other day that was a reminder of how angry Jerry was at the end of the season the way it ended. Right. And what have the Cowboys done to fix that? Nothing. The Cowboys team, as we sit with knowledge of their plan of releasing Amari and releasing Tank and keeping Greg Zerline, <laughs> which baffles me, we, we are, are they any better? How was Jerry so angry and the only changes at this point make your team worse, not better? Well, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope there is a plan. But watching the Cowboys over the last 25 years, they've put together some pretty good teams that just haven't been able to get it done in the playoffs. Sure. And, and that's the thing. And I agree with you completely. You know, it seems like the time and place in the NFL right now is to go out and try and build that super team, get everybody in, go all in for one year, and then figure it out from there. Heck, Tampa Bay brought back everybody. They brought back everybody from their Super Bowl championship and couldn't get it done. It's hard to win a Super Bowl in the NFL, obviously. It, it is. That's but, why Aaron has won. But I, why not go for it? Why not go all in? The Rams were a perfect indication of that. The Bucks set an example for that. Get it done. I mean, who? it doesn't seem like the salary cap matters all that much. Well, again, salary cap gymnastics are a real thing. And teams are able to do it. And the Cowboys have done it for years. So I don't know why this year they're saying, well, wait a minute. Today we're going to follow the Dave Ramsey plan. I don't I don't get it. <laughs> now is not the time, right? Go all in. Do whatever you have to do. Rob Peter to pay Paul because the NFC road right now seems clear sailing. I, I mean, you know, it might end up with an NFC championship game in Lambeau. Well, that doesn't seem to scare anybody anymore because Aaron Rodgers is great until that particular Sunday. That's exactly right. So I don't see any other team just looking at it now. I mean, you, you got to throw the Rams in the mix. Um, you know, obviously they're going to defend their Super Bowl championship, but after that, I'm not really sure. Seattle certainly got a lot weaker, you would think, losing their franchise quarterback, although they've got some picks to go get the future if they want to do so. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but I agree with you. The NFC right now looks very, very weak. It, 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 I don't know if I'd go very, very weak. I mean, that's too very, very, very weak. That, that's a lot of very really in weak. there. That, that's that's too many very. Really, really yeah, weak. Yeah, too many reallys. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I mean, the Cowboys are a strong team. The, and they have been a strong. team. They were last year. They were last. I'm year. not sure about this year. None of us are because with what we've heard, what's been leaked. Hard to say you're going to be better with less. I just have to believe, Jason. I have to believe this. I'll throw the Giants away because the Giants are the Giants these days, and they they're suck. a dumpster fire. But you got to believe that Philadelphia and Washington have to be better than they were last year. Well, Washington, not necessarily because they still don't have a quarterback. 
Well, they have swung and missed at every quarterback. And they, yeah, and, because and, they and, went after Wilson. They they went after Wilson. They missed. They even called Kansas City. They called everybody. And I know people are making fun of them. I applaud Washington for for doing that. Leave no stone unturned. Right. That that's that's what it boils down to. But for Washington. They were offering up their best defensive player, Mm -hmm. the importance of the quarterback and what you have to do. And that's why I don't think that Denver overpaid too much to get their quarterback, because that's what the asking price is for a known commodity. You know, you're going into the draft. You can draft somebody with high hopes. Russell Wilson is a known commodity. We know what that guy can do on a football field. I look at Washington, Dan Snyder. I, 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 I'm not worried about Washington. Philadelphia, they're going to end up with Deshaun Watson. And you think it's going to be Philly. And, and that scares the hell out of me. I think he needs to go to Pennsylvania. I'd rather him be with the Steelers and wear yellow <laughs> pants. But Philadelphia seems to be the team doing the most homework publicly about Deshaun Watson. They're investigating him right now from reports that we read today. And... They have a quarterback that they like. Yeah, they clearly don't love. They've got some talent on that Washington, on that Philadelphia football team. So when when you look at potential landing spots for Deshaun Watson, and I know a lot of you out there think that Deshaun will never play again, and I hate to tell you, you're wrong. No, you're wrong. He will play again unless he somehow ends up in jail for multiple years. He's going to play and play very, very soon. I look at, in, in fact, we're, we're going to talk about it coming up, but we could have some pretty good idea of where Deshaun's headed this week. By the end of the week. By yeah. the end of the week, because the grand jury is ready for grand juriness, right? <laughs> uh, well, they're going to get everything the district attorney has by the end of the week. So obviously they'll have some time to look at that. So I figure by the end of next week, we should have a pretty good idea if there's going to be any criminal charges filed against Deshaun Watson. But they're they're expecting the grand jury to complete their part of it here pretty soon. Yes. And, and so if that's the case, then Deshaun Watson will be available to be traded because at that point it becomes nothing criminal, assuming the grand jury comes back with no criminal indictments. Right. And depending on... And again, not a lawyer, didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night, but by the what I'm reading, some of the counts that are still in play wouldn't carry any kind of jail time. They become fines. Right. So the NFL legal part, like suspension, at the most, he's probably looking at six games. Some might say he's already missed 17. Roger Goodell might. And then if it's the civil lawsuits, it's a matter of when you settle those and make them go away. That's exactly right. It's the criminal charges that is the holdup right now. And it looks like the grand jury really soon is going to release the grand jury part of what they do. And that's will there be criminal charges filed against Deshaun Watson? You have to figure that tips everything one way or the other. If there are criminal charges filed, then the complainants have more weight to go with. They've got momentum. If there's not, 
Then, then what do you do? I mean, then, then so the watch money say, I'll give you a ham, take it. I'll give you a ham sandwich and a Coke. Go away. It'll be a six-figure ham sandwich. I mean, Probably that's a mighty so. good ham. But either way, it's going to go away. It's going to go away. So one way or the other, we're going to have a tipping point here very, very soon. And the way things are going right now, I mean, Deshaun might just give you a gas card for a year and call it even. Which he, might. he might lose that's, in that situation. That's a pretty good deal. <laughs> it might be, <laughs> depending on where things go. Lots going on in the NFL today. We will talk about the Spurs coming up. Greg Popovich ties Don Nelson for all-time regular season wins. But the story of the game last night turns out to be Westbrook. I mean, Westbrook <laughs> or Westbrook or uh, I don't know. Don't disrespect him, Jason. I, uh, don't disrespect his name. I'm sorry. I I hear that reaction from him, and it makes me want to go, Westbrook, 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 Westbrook. Yeah, and that's what everybody wants to do. And you know what? That's okay. There was no harm there. They were having some fun, the fans, in it, you know, because, well, as you pointed out earlier, who was it? Magic Johnson said the same thing. The, just the other day on television, <laughs> because, quite frankly, he is earning the nickname. He missed... Three or four easy bunnies yeah. in the second half last night. Westbrook, Westbrook, Russ, is playing like Ben Simmons was last year. Dude, Afraid to shoot, afraid to miss. It's Russ, in his head. Russell Westbrook has had some moments, but he has never done anything to lead anyone or any team anywhere. And so he's just not the guy. I mean, he's a flash. He's a good player. He's fun to watch. But other than that, nothing. And what I saw last night was a very old Los Angeles Lakers team. That team is ancient. They are. I forgot about Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard, for goodness sake. I thought they were in an old folks' home somewhere in Florida. They are. Goodness gracious. Or L.A. I mean, they put together an old super team. <laughs> An old they, super they, team. they want to win the Geritol bracket. But here's the deal. When have Carmelo Anthony and Dwight Howard ever really been super? <laughs> um, they've been good players, but, I mean, they've never done anything. I, I don't know. I think that's why LeBron was trying to hide everything on the bench. Like, I can't believe I'm sitting here with these guys because he put that mess together. And we'll then... <laughs> talk about the uh, the Spurs win coming up in a few. Uh, lots of other stuff that we're going to get in today. Excited to talk with Tariq Woolen. Yeah. The UTSA roadrunner that killed it at the Combine. He will join us in about 40 minutes from right now. Tariq Woolen, who will be in the NFL very, very soon. Uh, he will call in and join us at 5 o'clock. Uh, Dr. Josh Bell for an injury update. Interesting one involving Deion Sanders. Yeah. Deion lost a couple of toes. Crazy story, isn't it? Crazy. It it really is. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk to Dr. Josh Bell about that. And if you're staying at an Airbnb, (laughs) better bring your A game. You might be on film. And smile. (laughs) Because you never know. And this one... The story we're talking about happened very close to home. In Kendall County. Yes. Which is what, Bernie? You Bernie, figure? yeah. I think Bernie's Kendall County. So some dude, and a, a part of his defense team is Nico LaHood. Okay. So I figure if you're bringing in Nico, you better need the, you better need the big guns. Yeah. Right? So Nico's you're bringing a good in, attorney. in Nico LaHood to defend you. But according to the reports, you know, and it's in the Express News and on KSAT and all kinds of other places, the guy put in a secret camera in the Airbnb, 
And obviously, he's got a lot of video of people, guests, having sex or walking around the place naked. Well, it's what you do, right? In a hotel room or an Airbnb. You think it's private. You think it's private, but you are on video. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I, I'm just saying. Aren't you watching a show that has something to do with that? Tommy and well, well, Pam? Well, well Pam and Tommy, <laughs> they were videoing themselves. Oh, okay. Kept the videotape in a safe, and then the safe got stolen and released. But the violation is the same. Can you imagine stealing that safe, opening that thing up, and going, holy cow. I mean, you thought, you know, <laughs> it's Pam and Tommy's safe. There's money in there, jewelry in there. But no, the tape. The tape. So imagine. I mean, for whatever reason, road wins, hotel sex, always a little bit different. Right? Always, Always, yes, right? Yes. Better. I, I don't know why, but it is. It is. But if you're at the Airbnb... Better bring your A game. You might be on camera. Or a bunch of blankets and stay under them. One of the two. Who does that? Nobody, but <laughs> I'm just saying it at an Airbnb, you might want to now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. It's a bizarre story in the fact that it's this close to home. Yeah. Right next door. Yeah. Kendall County. Crazy. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Let's see. I didn't do anything in Los Angeles. So I'm safe. No, you're in a house full of dudes. I hope I, not. I just snored loudly. Yeah, but not as loud as some people. Yeah, so you're, well, you're good. That's why he stayed downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> or Jimenez. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I, well, then I'm trying to think. Okay, I'm in Kendall County, that's Bernie. Where's Fredericksburg? Um, I think that's Gillespie County. All right, so that I guy, think... you know, unless he has multiple Airbnbs. I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. Yeah. Smile. You're on candid camera. <laughs> can you imagine? <laughs> and you might end up on the internet. Uh, can you? Uh, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. I hey, mean, everybody wants to be a TikTok star these days. There you go. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think you have to actually want to put the video out to go viral. It's when somebody else is filming you, and then he, and then you go viral, and all of a sudden, I mean, how do you how do you find out? You mean you? TikTok wouldn't pay you then if that's you having the. I don't think TikTok pays sex anybody. I don't know. A lot of people are making a lot of money on social well, media. Well, if if you are, you know, Joe's OnlyFans for your toes. Yeah. You know, people then pay you for your toes, right? Yes. But if you end up on just going and people retweeting, I don't know that there's money oh, there. Well, I, I don't know. I, I really don't know how that works. Haven't quite figured out how to. <laughs> generate revenue off my social media if you are a tiktok star please call us <laughs> that us doesn't know. sound creepy at all hey i'm joe reinagle hey. i need tiktok stars give us a call <laughs> good lord <laughs> man, it's getting hot in here oh boy man i don't think so mr franklin <laughs> nobody pays you yeah money goes to the account that gets the video views yeah, so they're going to make money off you. Now, how does Steve know that? Because <laughs> he probably spends a lot of money on those videos. <laughs> he sees where they're going. Here's a tip. There's a tip. You get a tip. You get a tip. You get a tip. Wow. Um, Gulf Coast Smoke, he gets paid. Yeah. Well, see, you've got a YouTube channel where 
where and Gulf Coast Smoke does have an incredible YouTube channel. And I know YouTube, if you get so many subscribers, they start sending you money. Sure. But he's putting out incredible content. So it's in hopes of going viral. It's like I how think, to cook stuff, right? Yeah, and yeah. he does a phenomenal job. But I, I look at um what's 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 the word? Like how does this how do you make money on on your sex video that was taken secretly of you at the Airbnb in Kendall County? I don't think you make any money on that. Yeah, I don't I think the you, guy yeah, that puts that video right. out. Yeah, but it's probably your best work because you don't know you're being filmed. Well, I mean, if you know there's a camera on and you're being filmed, you might be a little, eh, you're not going all out. For a guy that spent most of your professional life on film, I don't see you going, eh, <laughs> when the camera's out. I wasn't having sex. <laughs> <laughs> a little performance anxiety, Mr. Woo! Ryan Eagle? Okay. Hey, I'm Joe Ryan Eagle. <laughs> okay. You doing all right? I'm good. Welcome to radio. Thanks. Good Lord. <laughs> Joe Reinagle, Jason Minix, The Blitz, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250, 103.3 FM. Spurs, Lakers last night, not entertaining. Not really a good basketball game. No, it really wasn't. It's kind of an ugly basketball game. Thank God LeBron didn't play. I really do think he did pop a solid. Maybe, I don't know, but the Spurs barely hung on anyway. That's what I mean. You know, because it wasn't just knee soreness that kept him out. It was extreme. <laughs> extreme. <laughs> yeah. I Pop got the win. They tied up. Uh, he's tied with Nelly now for regular season wins. He'll break the record, I think, on Wednesday. You know, LeBron was sitting right next to Anthony Street Clothes Davis. He was. That's what uh, Charles Barkley's calling him now. Street close. Street close. <laughs> I mean, you, you look at it, and and you and you go from there. I mean, outside of Pop getting the win to tie the record, and I and I think Pop is just very much looking forward to setting the record and moving on. I I know, and I saw Don Harris tweet this that. Pop has turned down the Hall of Fame three times. I'd heard that he had turned it down a couple of times. He doesn't want those kind of accolades, and and I and I get that. Uh, at least while he's active. Last night, post game press conference, he was in and out in a hurry, and none of the reporters even got an opportunity to ask him about tying the record. And if you're a veteran of covering covering the Spurs, and I know some will call, oh, Spurs media, something, you'll get it when Pop breaks the record, tying it. What is that? I, I mean, he will talk about it probably at great length when the record is set. I don't know about great length, but he'll talk about it a little bit. I think just because he'll feel the need to do so. Uh, but, he'll, you know, he'll do what Pop always does. He'll say when you have good players like Tim Duncan, Monte Ginobili, Tony Parker, you win a lot of ball games. Now, I mean, that's what it, that's kind of his standard answer that the players make yep. the coach. And, and, you know, in some respects, he's right. You have to have good players, but... You know, he is a good coach, and I, I wish he would just – I'd like to hear Pop say, you know what, thank you, let's move on. Whatever, something like that. It was great. It's been a great run. Thank you. We got more work to do. I do have the feeling, though, once the record is set, he'll give great perspective on the record, and it is. It's it's Tim Duncan. It's Tony. It's it's Manu. It's 
not getting fired, right? I mean, right, that's, yeah. That, that's half the battle, that, mm-hmm. that he's done it all with one team. And I'm sure he'll give perspective in in that way once it is done. And also, like, you know, if he gets offered the Hall of Fame, I mean, the resume, he's got the gold medal from the Olympic team as the head coach. I mean, you know, the resume is complete for, for Greg Popovich. And and but but again, asking him about it last night, I was surprised nobody did, but not really, because half the job half the job here is asking a question, kind of anticipating what the answer might be. And if you know what the answer is going to be, and he walks off, you've ruined it for every other reporter in there that might have wanted to talk about how you know uh, Josh played last night, or you know Jakob in 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 the piss poor free throw shooting that we saw last night. I mean, you know, <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten anywhere if you would have started with, "So you tied the record, coach." Did anybody ask him about that anyway? I think he brought it up in his opening. Statement. Uh, he may have. He he's he's doing that a lot lately. But my, but my question is, why would anybody be surprised that Pop has turned down the Hall of Fame? That's no surprise. No, I mean because you want to. He still has a career. He's still working. I mean, isn't it typical for the Hall of Fame to be after you're retired and done? If you're a player. Well, but coaches there's a, too. There, no, there's a lot of active coaches already in the Hall of Fame. In Hell the Basketball with, Hall of Fame? Yeah. Who? Well, off the top of my head, because uh, she went in when Tim Duncan went in, is uh, Kim Mulkey from Baylor, now at LSU. She went to the Hall of Fame. While in the middle of her career, well, good I for think her. There's a lot of coaches that that are in the Hall I, of Fame. I just don't. That's not Coach, Greg. Can Popovich. you look that up? I don't think anybody is would should be surprised that Greg Popovich would turn that down. I, I agree. I mean, it's not even worth discussing, honestly, because it's just Greg Popovich. You know him. Don Harris knows him. I mean, come on, it's not even worth discussing. Why would you even bring that up? I I, I do. Not you specifically. No, but but again, no. I mean, it, it's but that, I I use that as an example as nobody asked him. I'm not surprised because I did see some people last night on Spurs Twitter, which is a wonderful source of information. <laughs> <laughs> wondering, oh, why didn't anybody ask him? Because he's not going to talk about. He's it. not going to talk about it. I think he will once the record is set. He might. What and they, if he what, does, that would surprise me. What they won't do is what they did for Coach K after they lost to North oh. Carolina and have a ceremony <laughs> plan. Not and give him a nice bench. They have Toronto tomorrow night, right? It's who they play. So that'd be that's gonna be a tough win. I'd not, but not, but I'd like I'd like to see it tomorrow. Uh, because I plan on going to the game tomorrow. You are. I am. Well, we well, get nice. off at five thirty tomorrow. We do. So. Might as well. I haven't been to a Spurs game all year. Well, how are you getting in? How am I getting in? Yeah. Have you seen all those empty seats? You don't take care of your friends or what? I there, mean... There's a there's a place for me. It's it's called a press credential. <laughs> and then, you know, I learned on halftime today how to sneak down into the lower bowl and get a good seat. Yeah, I heard that too. I'm sure. I wonder if Jimenez has gotten a call from the Spurs yet. Well, yeah, but his face is now on the list. Yeah, I'm sure it is. As is Good luck going to any games uh, from now on. James uh, Pledge of producing. How many active coaches are in the Hall of Fame? Well, so far we have eight just in college alone with Jay Wright, Jim Calhoun, John Calipari, Tim, Tom Izzo, Mike Krzyzewski, Rick Pitino, and Bill Self. Yeah, see all those guys. That's college. Th- those are college Are coaches. there any active NBA coaches? You know you're going to have to work today, Pledge. Yeah, this ain't R&R. We'll put you to work. <laughs> it's great. I mean, i got to do it like this. Y'all have these fancy computers sitting right in front of your faces. 
I'll listen to him. We do, but we're doing a show yeah. here, Pledge. I mean, Google and talk at the same time. Type Can't and talk it. and Can't chew gum. It. I don't know. Good Look, Lord. It, it, maybe, you know, for other coaches, that's what they do. For Greg Popovich, he's not going to do it, and I don't know why that would surprise anybody. And to the point, though, I I, I can see college coaches jumping at the chance because sure. th- their whole life is telling you their resume yeah. while trying to recruit. Of course. And that, that's what it's all about. And the fact that Tim and Tom Izzo are both in the Hall of Fame, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I, mean, so, I didn't either, actually. Know, breaking news from, from James Pledge. And then Krzyzewski is all but retired. Yeah, I mean, they right, got but come. he's been in a while, I'm sure, and 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 rightfully so. I mean, all of the all of the people that that uh, Pledge just mentioned deserve to be there. I have no doubt. But, but it's just while they're still coaching, just seems odd to me. It, it does. It does. That's the Hall how, of Fame. That's is, how basketball does it. It's a celebration of your career. And maybe that's exactly exactly right. Maybe that's something the coaches could do because they they do it a lot longer than the players do. But it just seems to me it's a thing for when you retire, you get. Those accolades then, and you go in, and then you ride off into the sunset. So last night, while the building was full of Laker fans, there was some Spurs fans in there. Were there? There there were. Despite what you might have heard, <laughs> there were some Spurs fans in there. And one Spur fan, sitting behind the basket, very, very close, got under the skin of one Russell Westbrook who was calling him West Brick. Russ didn't like it, started to go after him, and the referee kept him from going there. But Russ told the fan, put some respect on my name, and then after the game explained while he's getting upset with people calling him West Brick. I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, West Brick to me now, Shaming, like it's shaming my name, it's uh, my legacy for my kids. Um, it's a name that means more, not just to me, but to my wife, to my mom, my dad, uh, the ones um, that kind of paved the way for me. And, and that's just one example. I mean, I kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where um, it's not great, man. And, and, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of times, you know, I let it slide, but it's now time to put a stop to, to that and put it on notice. Like, there's a difference, and I, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. So what are you going to do, Russ? I, I, all you've done now is invite people in every arena to go West Brick. And every one of them will now because he's brought it up and they know it gets under his skin. Look. Fans have a right to do certain things. They can't cross the line, but West Brick is not crossing the line. It's not, and it's funny, and it's true. It is true. The way you're shooting right now, it's a well-earned nickname, a nickname that's a derivative of your actual name. Now, apparently his wife took to social media last night. Not apparently, she did. (laughs) Which is another thing that... I often wonder about the general rule is whether you're an athlete, media types, I don't care what you say about me. I'm pretty sure you don't care what somebody says about you. You you can take it. This is what we do for a living. We're very much in the public. Right. You leave the family out of it. Of course. At the same time, the family needs to stay out of it too. Yes. Right? Patrick I, I, Mahomes' I, yeah, wife. Exactly. Or, or <laughs> his Girlfriend. brother uh, Jackson. Right? I, I mean, dude. Stay off. This isn't your light. 
and the player will do everything he can to protect his family. And you don't go after the family. Well, Mrs. Westbrook last night went on social media and talked about death threats yeah. coming to her and him. That's crossing the line, too. And I don't know anybody that is condoning death threats. I, I've never understood fans that go to those lengths. I remember reading about how Garrett Gilbert would get letters in the mail when he was failing as the Texas Longhorns quarterback. Oh, man. And that kid was getting death threats from middle-aged white dudes, from, you know, just fans all over. And yeah. it's, 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 it's one thing, if you've got a gambling problem and you lost a lot of money on somebody's performance, you want to lash out. But to literally write a letter, which is a lot different than firing off a tweet, you know, with no picture on your avatar, right? But <laughs> I, I look at that's a line that you don't cross. But Russell Westbrook, Mr. Westbrook, with respect, what you did last night was invite an avalanche coming your way that is only going to get you in trouble. It will. Because what's he going to do? Go into the stands? Well, I don't know. What, what, what's, if I'm going to put a stop to it. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because if I'm sitting courtside... And you know there's plenty of people now that are buying tickets just to sit there, get all liquored up, Absolutely. to go scream at Westbrook for two and a half hours. Absolutely. Because they know there could be a payday on the other end of that if he loses it and punches them. Could be, but you know what? The fans have every right in the world to say that. And if he would have just let that go, don't give the guy any the time of day. Westbrook. I mean... Just don't give him the time of day. You solve it. You stop it right there, and then you move on. Heck, you got analysts now. I just mentioned Charles Barkley calling Anthony Davis street clothes. I'm sure Anthony Davis isn't happy about that. No. But you let it go. Magic Johnson, Saturday night, on the uh, ABC ESPN broadcast with Greeny and Stephen A., called him Westbrook. He did. He called him Westbrook. <laughs> Saturday night, Magic Johnson. Right? <laughs> what are you going to do, Russ? What you know how you nip this in the bud? You walk up and say, "Yeah, it's pretty damn funny." Or, that, or I, start making I, your shots. I, I, I don't like it, but it's pretty damn funny. Start making your shots, but you then, start making your shots and it goes away. There you go. If it, when you're playing for the Lakers, the extra scrutiny that comes with it, yep, is certainly there. You didn't have those problems in Oklahoma City because nobody gave a damn. You don't have those problems when you were in Houston or Washington or wherever else he played because nobody gave a damn. Now you play for the Lakers. And people are delighting in the fact that the Lakers are in a free fall. Yeah. I especially Spurs fans, I know. I'm happy about it. West but there's a Brick. lot of people that are happy about it. And just. Westbrook. Yeah. I don't. You know, when, when Russell Westbrook first came to the NBA, I thought that I was amazed. But man, he just. He's just one of those guys that plays well, talented athlete, but he just He's, he just doesn't have it. He is a great basketball player. He's probably a Hall of Fame basketball Ooh, player. Whoa, 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 whoa. You look at his numbers. He is I a Hall know. of Famer. Ugh, I don't know. Ring chaser? Hadn't won? No. But when you look at that core group that was in Oklahoma City with Westbrook and Fat James Harden and Kevin Durant, Right? I mean, Durant obviously has gone and won a couple of rings. Incredible player. So right? what's a common denominator there? 
James Harden, and Russell Westbrook. Sam Preston. Neither one of those guys have what it takes to win anything. And they've proven it over the course of their career. And now Harden blows up Brooklyn because he doesn't like it there anymore. He wants to go to Philadelphia. He's going to blow that team up, and they're not going to do anything. It's it's insane. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Tariq Woolen will join us in about 10 minutes to talk about his incredible combine experience, the latest on Deshaun Watson as well. Hey, this is Michael Jimenez. Have lunch with me on Halftime tomorrow at noon. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. You know, in the category of just tell me when it's over, there is good news if you want to look at it that way in the uh, baseball negotiations. Progress and compromises on both sides were made today, according to Bob Nightingale, who's great baseball writer for USA Today. But he does tweet cautionary news. It's similar sentiment from a week ago. We'll see if it culminates in a new CBA in the next 24 hours. Because you're saying there's a chance. If they can agree to it by the new deadline, which is tomorrow, they'll back end on the season and get us to 162 so the players don't lose money. Oh, that was one of the compromises. Huh? Yeah, those games that we canceled, not really. Yeah, not, not really. really. We'll back in it. So we'll just have baseball run into what, Christmas? No, no, it's just a lot of doubleheaders. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. fewer days off. You know, all the things that the players have fought for through the years. Of course. Of course. No, but, I, I'm, we'll get to 162. I'm with you there. Just let me know when it's over. Uh, it, when it, are they going to report? Uh, because I'm I'm sick of those guys. Until. Until. So Frank Valdez on our Facebook Live says, uh, somebody thinks that Mike, is he talking about Jimenez, thinks Joe's party is really a cover-up for a surprise birthday party for him? Yeah, <laughs> that was his uh, conspiracy theory on halftime today. There's no conspiracy. Is, is theory. Mike even invited? No to the party Friday. Uh, no, because he I didn't think he was. He doesn't show up unless he actually gets a formal invitation. Yeah, I, I don't remember anybody inviting Mike. And we're not going to invite him. Okay. Although I will say, you brought in a whole bunch of ties. Yeah. You might want to hide those. Is, is Jimenez stealing them? It wasn't Jimenez, but he was looking at them. Uh-huh. But a couple of other people whose initials might both begin with R, and they do mornings from 7 to 10. We're going through your ties. Is that right? Yeah, Rob likes a couple of them. He does. A couple of them, he said, are straight from the 90s. They're time to shred. I'm telling you. Yeah, some of them might might even be older than that. Yeah, they might be. The small pattern designs? Yes. Yeah, I learned a lot about ties today from Rob that I didn't need to know. Well, what made Rob an expert on ties? When the hell did Rob ever wear a tie? Rob's had a lot of jobs. I'm sure he's been forced to wear a number of ties. That's part of it. Hey, you know what? I told you I'm a tightwad when it comes to clothes. Okay. No, if, they if, were impressed with your quality if, tie. If, so if your thing works, you consider a cheap tie. They all thought were really nice ties. Oh, well, they should see the rest of my collection. Yeah, I bought a new one today. You bought a new tie right Are you off of Ryan Nagel's desk? No, no, I bought one this morning. Why? Because I wanted one to go with my new J's. Your new who? My J's. Those would be shoes. Yes, I got Jordans. New Jordan ones. Ah, so you got to wear a tie with those. It's going to look awful funny in your shorts and tights. <laughs> and a tie. <laughs> Pledger style. It is something else. Tariq wow. Woolen had an incredible combine. He will join us next here on The Blitz to talk about it. Joe Reinacre. Jason Minnix, The Blitz. 
It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. He is Joe I'm Jason Minix. Tariq Woolen had one great weekend in Indianapolis at the Combine. Did look like a blur going by the TV screen that I was watching, just like a... Well, and when they put up some of the Pro Bowl guys there where they were matching up and just how fast he was, let's yeah. talk about it uh, before he gets away from us. Tariq Woolen joining us now. <laughs> Dude, what was the weekend like for you, man? Sure. Honestly, uh, it was a lot of fun. You know, I got to meet a lot of great guys out there, and it was just a great learning experience. But I, I, I enjoyed my time out there, and it was just a, a you know, a big blessing to be there, to be you know, putting a great group of guys, you know, coming from UTSA and making it to that big of a stage. It was a fun time representing my school. So, Tariq, when you go out there, what what is the deal? Do they give you instructions on what, what's going to be happening and, and how to do it and when to do it and all that kind of stuff? How, how does it work? Well, um, you know, I got there on Thursday, and uh, it started off with you get there, you got to do a lot of medical exams and drug testing and stuff like that, and then – in between those days, you have team, uh, interviews with different NFL teams, like informal and formal interviews. And then when Sunday came, it was prime time, and that's when we had to do the drills. And when the drills came, you know, before each one, they just gave us really the lay down of what to do and uh, how to do it and to make sure we did it to the best of our abilities. Future NFL start. You like how that sounds? Tariq Woolen <laughs> joining us here on The Blitz. You think about your 40 time and where it ranks among the fastest all-time in the history of the Combine. Obviously, you've been training. You know how fast you've been able to do. Were you expecting to put up those kind of numbers at the Combine? Yes, sir. Uh, I actually was. The crazy thing was, uh, like to think about it, the a week before we did the, the 40 for the Combine, I actually ran 420 laser where I was training that. And then it ended up, you know, being spread around NFL Network that I could possibly break the record. Mm-hmm. So when I went to the combine, I, I watched the first day, and a guy I trained with, Tyquan Thornton, they said he broke the record. But then, as you know, they changed it to 4.28. So I was like, oh, man, they changed the time like that. You know, it kind of had me nervous because training with him and also training with Kaitlyn Barnes, the other guy that ran 4.23, we all trained together, and we had a team to see who can run the fastest 40. So... Uh, I was expecting to run a 4-2, but with them, like, changing the time and stuff like that, with seeing other guys run, I was, like, kind of nervous. So when I got out there and ran 4-3, I was like, that can't be right. I was running 4-2, like, all the last week and the week before. So when a physical time came out and it said 4-2-6, like, it was crazy. I had got a message. I was looking at my Apple Watch, and the message popped up, and they said, oh, it's official 4-2-6. And a smile just lit up on my face. <laughs> Tariq, is that something that you you prepare for uh, going to the combine? I mean, is there a regiment where you get ready for something like that? Oh, yes, sir. Uh, The the guys I train with out in Florida are trainers and strength and conditioning staff, Matt Gates and Tony Volani at SB Sports. They made sure they did a great job preparing us for that moment in the big stage. and They made sure that we did like mock combines and uh, did all the different drills and stuff so we can be well prepared for when we got to the NFL Combine. So going out there, it was a little nervous, of course, you're on a big stage, but all the, the time you spent overtime and preparing for the event, you know, it all came out and, and it went to life when I got out there. I, I, I'm curious, Tariq, because 
I'll never run a 40 that fast. <laughs> I, I don't care the amount of training that I'd be able to do. You won't run a 10 that fast. <laughs> I, I don't know that I could do that, right? I, I'm curious, when you're running, because you mentioned, you know, in training, you did a 420. I, can you mm-hmm. feel the difference? Can you tell the difference at, at your level of 420 to 426 to 431? Uh, Honestly, I, I feel like I could, but I just know, like, after you run it a certain amount of times, you hit the same times every time. Like, every time I ran, it was either from 420, even on a hand time, it said 419. So, like, literally from those times I was getting and the last time I ran, the highest it would say was like a 426 to 424 when I was back at training. Like, I could just tell the difference from when I ran. So when they said 4-3-1 and then 4-3, I was like, nah, that can't be right. It got to be in the 4 So, uh, when the official time came out, uh, I got the, the like I said, I got the message on my uh, Apple Watch, and then my head coach texted me, my agent, my manager, and Matt Gates, my trainer, he texted me, and they all said 4-2-6 officially. And then I was like, man. And then next, you know, I look up on the big screen while I was in India, and they had the simulcast when I – was running against Jalen Ramsey and Stephon Gilmore, and I was like, "Dang, so, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're 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 faster than those guys." <laughs> that's incredible, and that's got to be a great feeling. All right, Tariq, you mentioned earlier that you you went through some formal and some informal interviews. What's the difference, mm-hmm. and and what do they ask you about? So uh, you know, at the at the combine and at the Senior Bowl. I had informal interviews, and basically uh, we all, all the players, we all the DBs, we went into this room, and we sit in the middle of the room, and surrounding you is like 32 tables of every NFL team, and a guy can just come up to you and be like, hey, Tariq Woolen, we want to meet with you. And they can just deal with the team, and then they just like ask you about your background. And some some teams even talk football and want you to go over like their playbook and try to, you know, memorize it and then they'll ask you about different things and by the end of the interview they'll go back to you and be like hey oh what, I, what, what what's the term for this right here that i just taught you type of thing and then formal is like when teams actually request you so like at, at the combine every team had like suites at the top of the uh, lucas oil stadium and for the formal interviews they'll schedule one with you, and then you have to be there by a certain time, and it would be like the head coaches, the GMs, the DB coaches, and all the other coaches in there. And and those, they'll ask you, they'll, they'll have, like, videos and stuff of your plays that you made or bad plays you had. They'll have, like, some teams will just talk about your background info again or, you know, every team had a different message, you know. They'll ask you to go over a playbook right in front of them in, like, three plays, and then – you have to memorize them by the end of the thing, but they'll try all these different ways to distract you from it and then come back to it at the end of the meeting and stuff like that. So everything got their different things, but the formals are the ones or teams like that are interested in you. They actually schedule an appointment with you. Sweet. Tariq Wollin joining us here on the Blitz after the combine this weekend. Now, you know, we hear every year during the interviews, whether they're formal or informal, a lot of either coaches, GMs, personnel types, will ask a player just off-the-wall stuff just to see how <laughs> you'll answer it. What was the weirdest question or two that you got this weekend that you're still not sure why you were asked? Shoot, I really never even got like a, like a weird question, you know. Um, it, everybody like gave me a pretty good answer and stuff, like, like a pretty good question. They, they really didn't give me that like too crazy. 
You didn't get asked, like, if you were an animal, what kind of animal you would be and why or, or anything like that? Oh, no, sir. No, nothing too crazy. They mostly, like, since I heard this year, it ain't, like, they, had they, they like, stripped the rules a little bit and made interviews, like, 15 minutes. They were asking really too many weird questions. Well, I really didn't even get uh, too many, like, any weird questions at all. They just kept it football-based or just wanted to get to know me. Do you feel a little disappointed you didn't get the weird question? Because I know your team had to prep you for that. <laughs> oh yeah, no. Uh, I was just happy I didn't get anywhere with just because you know that that's like one less hard question to answer. You know? <laughs> Drake, when when you look at it, and and obviously you you open some eyes at the combine, which is what it's for for guys to go out there and try to impress some some guys that maybe hadn't looked at them or or hadn't seen them. Um, were and I don't know how much you can say or, or what you can do, but were there some teams that seemed more interested than others and uh, some that say, hey, we'd really like to have you come to X place or why? Was there any of that going on? Um. Well, uh, with the formals, you know, I'm interested in stuff because uh, I had an interview with the Seahawks. They had a formal interview with me. It went pretty well. I had one with the Cincinnati Bengals. It went pretty well, and I had one with Indianapolis Colts. But while I was there, I had meetings with every team, though, with the informals, but the formals are the ones I had with those three. You mean Jerry Jones didn't come up to you and say, come and sit in my bus, let's talk? Sir? Jerry Jones? He didn't uh, say, let's uh, let's go talk? Uh, I wish. I wish. <laughs> but, uh, he, didn't, he didn't say it, but, you know, shoot, I'll be happy that I fit into a great scheme or two, so. You know, but uh, he didn't. He didn't give me the uh, the interview. But hey, you know, in due time, you know, about the whole process, you can meet with a team or may not meet a team, but a team will choose you. So it's pretty crazy. You know, and it's interesting because the limited number of interviews, you know, they might take the notes from somebody else, yep. or sometimes if they really like you, they don't want to talk to you at the combine, that kind of stuff. Tariq, can you tell us what teams you did formal interviews with? Yeah, so the the, the formal uh, was the the Colts, the Bengals, and the uh, Seahawks, and then informal I had with every team there though, like all thirty two. That's it. That's incredible. So, as I one of the draft recap websites, and you know, gazillion things have been written about you. But it says your scouting combine launched him out of sleeper territory as the coveted wide receiver showed off his rare combination of size, speed, and athleticism. And you're right. I mean, if if you weren't on everybody's radar, you certainly are now. Are What are your agents telling you about where they thought you might get drafted before the combine to what you're hearing now? Uh, You know, I, I really haven't asked them as much just because I like to just stay level-headed and not saying if my drive stock rose or dipped, it'll affect me, but I like to have my mind on the right things, you know, because any, any guy can get drafted in, in the first or second round, third round, or any round. I just feel like it just it matters the person who lasts in the NFL the most. You can be like Tom Brady, sit like six, seven round pick, see how long he lasted in the NFL. So, honestly, it really didn't matter to me. I just want to be there for a long time. What do you do now, Tariq, before the draft? Do you uh, Is there a regiment that you'll go through to keep in shape and keep, um, y- you know, everything the way it is now and, 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 and running as fast as you did? I mean, do it, 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 you have a workout regiment that you're going to keep doing from now until the draft? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm currently back in San Antonio right now. And, you know, uh, 
they just got a whole new facility built, you know, my senior year. So I came back here and the training staff here is incredible and the strength and conditioning coach is incredible and my position coach is a great coach too. So just being around these guys, they they gonna help me out a lot. My position coach he used to play in the NFL, so the drill work, the D B work I'll be doing it with him and strength and conditioning wise, Ryan uh, Ryan follow the strength coach, he does a great job. And so we have guys here training for pro day and I'll be training with them, too, and just making sure I stay in the top shape I'm already in right now. You know, you think about being in, in top shape, and I know you go through the combine, everything that you did to get ready for that. Next up is going to be the pro day, and then, of course, the draft uh, out in Las Vegas at the end of April. At what day do you get a cheat day? And when you get your cheat day, what are you eating, man? So when I was training in Florida, uh, every Sunday would be like our cheat day. So when I was in Florida, I fell in love with a fast food place called Checkers, or some people call it Rallies. Yeah, <laughs> and man, I ain't gonna lie to you. I used to get the chicken. I get the chicken sandwich every time. I'm a big chicken fan. So no matter where I go, I get like a chicken sandwich, or I get like chicken Alfredo, something with chicken in it. So when I went there, they had a great chicken sandwich, and it tasted way better than all the other fast food chicken sandwiches <laughs> I had, except for Whataburger, except for Whataburger, but. Are you trying to get that NIL deal still at Whataburger? (laughs) Although, God, you got to do it better than a chicken sandwich at rallies. Well, I don't know. Is that that, mozzarella sticks? Mozzarella sticks. I was going to say, is that with French fries? (laughs) How about a you know a shake or anything like that? I mean, do you go all out? Oh no, I don't. I don't eat the shakes now. The shakes hurt my stomach, so (laughs) (laughs) you still got to be smart. And of course, back training in San Antonio. I saw. Jeff Trailer tweeted, or UTSA did, uh, you got some matching glasses with Jeff Trailer. What was it like <laughs> last year, uh, Shades? You know, you got the, because it's a little cold for spring practice, but last year, this UTSA football team caught fire. What was it like on the inside? Sure, honestly, it was a, it was great because you sensed that every player had bought in. Uh, we came closer as a team, like, it went beyond just football, you know. And I feel like you call guys your brother on the field. You want to go to war with your brother. Well, how are you going to be successful on the field and you ain't successful off the field with you guys? So you got to be close with your guys off the field. And you just see every person come close. You know, Coach Trello always said, like, a team that shakes hands together, most of the time they, they are winning team. You know, teams that touch the most, not necessarily in, the, in a crazy way, but, like, you know, shaking hands, give each other hugs, you know, dab each other up, communicate. You know, teams like that, you see those teams are like winning teams. So uh, we just tried to come close as a team, and it reflected this season. When did you guys know? Because obviously you, know, you shocked everybody except for perhaps you guys when you went up to Illinois and beat them. When did you guys know that you were going to be a pretty good football team? So, uh, so before the season, you know, Coach was talking about some. Uh, if we win the first four or five games, there's a great chance that we can really pull this season off and be a great team. So we all, we knew we was a great team, but you know you gotta your actions, you gotta match the words you put out, and you and you know when you manifest it and you speak it into existence, you know certain things happen. You know you always gotta be where your feet at, but sometimes you gotta manifest and you gotta speak into existence, and that's what we did. And, and when, once we beat Illinois, it just led to another game. And then we beat Memphis, and then it led to another game. And you just seen the role we got on, and you, you just try not to get too comfortable with the winning. But 
you know, the winning just feels so good because coming from a program where we used to lose a lot, that those losing turns into wins. So it, it, just, it was a great feeling, you know, and we just started to realize that we was a team that could be great, and it showed this year. It certainly did, and I know UTSA is using the hashtag built by UTSA, which is appropriate, and you're a big part of that, Tariq, and I know this is the first time you've been on this show, but one of the things that I know with Jeff Trailer, he comes on with us every Monday during the season. He always talked about certain players and being great teammates, and leading up to the combine, different things that I would see other players, coaches always talked about you being a great teammate along with being a great player, and that's going to carry you a long ways when you make this next step into the NFL. Oh, it had one out. Did we lose him? Oh, no, I, I, uh, it had one out uh, a little bit at towards the end. We were talking about being built by UTSA, and you know a lot of people mm-hmm. compliment your game, but I hear a lot of compliments about you being a great teammate, and I know that's going to carry you far when you get into the NFL. Oh, yes, sir, I appreciate it. You know, uh, I just try to be a great teammate all the time and make sure my you know teammates are comfortable around me and that they can come to me for anything. You know, I never try to be the upbeat teammate and be like a locker room lawyer or be a person that's like, oh, try to have things run like a military sergeant or nothing. I like my guys to be free and, you know, when they're around me to have fun. And whenever you allow the people around you to be comfortable, it reflects on the field and reflects off the field too because, you know, you see each other get, like, closer, you know, close together as a teammate, close together as a friend, as a brother. Dr. I got to ask you this. Last year it was don't eat the cheese. This year it is the bull don't care. What do you think? What's better? Uh, I mean, since I, since I was since I'm gonna be here, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I was here, I'm gonna go with don't eat the cheese, you know, just because I haven't really got a good grasp of the new the new uh, slang they use now. So. <laughs> I don't know, man. You keep going with those mozzarella check, uh, sticks. I think you're eating all the cheese at this point. Man. <laughs> but it's after the season. You can eat all the cheese you want, man. I imagine. Uh, are you gonna be here for the spring game? Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm a. I'm gonna be here as long as I can, really. So uh, until I have visits with NFL teams and stuff like that, I'm gonna be here in San Antonio supporting my guys. Well, that's gonna be awesome. Maybe you have a whole bunch of nachos and mozzarella sticks. That's right. We're proud that, of uh, you, man. Game. Proud of you, Tariq. Hopefully, we'll be able to keep tabs on you. Get you on after the draft when you find out what NFL team you'll be rooting for. Maybe one up there in uh, I don't know North Texas with the star on maybe, the helmet. Maybe. 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 <laughs> Maybe. Our producer is pointing south like to the Texans, but we wouldn't wish that on anybody. <laughs> hey, Tariq, appreciate it. Congratulations. Great showing, not only for you, but what that does for UTSA's program as well. Appreciate the way you represent our city. Oh, yes, sir. Thank you. It's a blessing and honor. Uh, I can't wait to see how this journey goes. And so far, it's been a blessing and a lot of fun. So I can't wait to keep representing for the 210 in my hometown forward. We'll there be watching. Go. Appreciate it. Tariq Woolen joining us here on the Blitz. And, yo, know, he did. He opened up a lot of eyes this weekend. And I thought that one recap that I was reading, sleeper territory. You know, he went to the Senior Bowl. He was one of those that has had to take all the steps. But when you put up the numbers, he did. Not only in, you know, the 40 and the vertical and all that stuff, but then the drill work. I mean, he just killed it at that combine. Yeah, and I think it goes to show, and and the program at UTSA and what it 
now is the culture there and what Jeff Trailer is instilling in his players to work hard, to be good people on and off the field, be good teammates. And I think that culture that he's built, and, and Tariq knew that anyway. You can't fake that. It doesn't happen in one year. He's always been that guy. But I just think good character guys like that are going to do well. He works hard, and he reaps the rewards. And I, I really hope that uh, uh, he goes high in the draft, and I know he's going to be successful in the NFL. You, you could just tell, listening to him, smart, um, good teammate, that he talks yeah. about that, that people say that about you. Because you and I have been around enough players and coaches that they won't say that guy's a... <laughs> At least when the mic is rolling, but right. you know, right? Yes. You know, yes, exactly. And, and then they don't say that publicly when they know it's not true because everybody else in that locker room knows that coach is full of when, when, yeah. when it is said. Although we got to help my man out. He was training down in Florida and discovered rallies or checkers. Yeah. Um. Um. I've never been to one of those. Have you? Yes. Okay. That's why we got to help him out. There, in fact, somebody, Frank Valdez, says that we used to have a rallies. I think there was a rallies like on Fredericksburg near the medical center, which is now that drive-in Whataburger. Isn't that it? I have no but, idea. But I know, I, I mean, it, it's um, it, it's on the lower end, if you will. It is. It's Especially if you got a Whataburger nearby. And he credited Whataburger. He's trying to yeah. get that NIL. But there's got to be better chicken sandwiches out there. And and I'm not, I, I mean, clearly if the kid wanted a Chick-fil-A, he would have said Chick-fil-A or Wendy's or, or whatever. But there's got to be somebody with a good chicken sandwich that you can get out of a drive-thru because that's what he's looking for. <laughs> um, so I'm not thinking about some of the sit-down restaurants that have chicken sandwiches. But who's got the best fast food chicken sandwich? Well, I mean, Chick-fil-A. By far. But clearly, if he wanted the Chick-fil-A, he would have said that. I got you. So you're saying what's number two, basically? <laughs> Popeye's is really good. Uh, Popeye's is, well, except for... A lot of crust on Popeye's. Am I, am I wrong? There's a lot of crust. The battering? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the batter. Um, so more breading. It's like when you go get a chicken fried steak and it comes out the size of the plate and then you realize that it's the, all breading. There's very little meat yeah, in there. Exactly. Um See, rallies is good because it's dirt cheap, and and again, he doesn't have NFL money yet, so we got to find the 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 uh, uh, the college kid level chicken sandwich. Well, I guess I, it depends too. I mean, is it you like the fried chicken sandwich or the grilled one? I mean, there's a difference, right? Some of them, some of yep. fast food places have a good grilled one, but the fried one's not, or vice versa. So, um, I'm not sure. Uh, CUSA champ says Popeyes on Twitter. Has the best chicken sandwich, and he and it's in all caps. Like he's screaming at me, like I should know this. Um, see, I like the Popeyes chicken sandwich, not the spicy one because I don't do spicy. My problem with Popeyes now, granted, there's only one that I go to, and it's over here on Austin Highway. Great onion rings, at the one on Austin Highway, any or just Popeyes. in general. Yeah, the problem with this Popeyes <laughs> over here by the radio station on Austin Highway. And it's happened to me twice. And hell, we've only been back to work for a little more than two months, right? Go get a chicken sandwich. Can't. We're out of bread. <laughs> How does that happen? Exactly. <laughs> or they're out of the chicken sandwich. Oh, okay. Right? I, I've gone over well, there once. Then I tried to get, like, like one time I was, they were out of the red beans and rice, right? I, I don't understand the Popeyes over here. Whoever's in charge of ordering there, um, 
not doing a, the good job. They they have a problem projecting what their needs are, apparently. I, I, I don't know. But it's happened to me a couple of times since we've been back. I haven't had a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I like the chicken, though, at mm -hmm. Popeye's. And like I said, the onion rings are good there. Um, a good chicken sandwich. I, I, I guess I don't really get one anywhere else. If I want a chicken sandwich, I'm going to Chick-fil-A. You know, it, it's funny. Um, Bill Miller chicken sandwich. Low-key good. Interesting. Well, Thanks, the Nick. Be best I, part I, of Bill Miller is the chicken. It really is. And the breakfast tacos. And, and, and the iced tea. Um, yeah. I don't know why they don't just call it Bill Miller's Frying Chicken. They should. Instead of Bill Miller Barbecue. Yeah. But we digress. Now, it's funny. Again, <laughs> over here by the radio station, there are times where I'm going to Chick-fil-A, which yeah. is right across the parking lot from Wendy's. Wendy's has a good chicken sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then that's also next to Raising Cane's. So then you're in a dilemma. But we need yeah. to find Tariq Woolen a good chicken sandwich place or any place that has good chicken because apparently everything he eats has chicken in it. Chicken fettuccine, chicken this, it, it's got chicken. But we need to find him a good chicken sandwich to replace rallies. I agree since there is no rallies here that I'm aware of in San Antonio. Even if we did. We need to upgrade the guy. Now, I know, uh, like, um, Longhorn Cafe. Yeah. But is that out of the realm of what we're looking for? Am I breaking the rules by suggesting Longhorn Cafe? No, because... Because you can't get it to go. But I don't... It's just not a drive through I don't window. get chicken sandwiches at different places. You know, if I'm going to Longhorn Cafe, I'm probably getting a chicken fried steak. Really? Yes. It's funny. If I'm going to Longhorn Cafe, I'm getting a burger. I'm getting uh, the big juicy. Yeah, the burgers are okay, but the chicken the burgers fried, are had, fantastic. Have you ever had the chicken fried steak? No. Well, you need Actually, to try I think, that. I, I think I've done the chicken fried steak sandwich from there. Well, you got to eat the chicken fried steak. Okay. It's delicious. All right. The, so, the gravy? So, so I have places that I go for certain things. I'm not out trying everybody's chicken sandwich to know which one's the best. Dude, you eat Dairy Queen tacos. Hey, I've never tried should. their chicken sandwich either. <laughs> so. Wait, wait, wait. You've never had the chicken sandwich at Dairy Queen? I've never had the chicken sandwich at Dairy but Queen. But you opted to try their tacos at one point. I've had the tacos. They're delicious. The Belt Buster or even the Hunger Buster is good. Yeah. Their chili dogs are good. I've had those. You've gone chili dogs at a Dairy oh, Queen? Oh, yeah. you got to be careful Didn't with we? chilies. Or with chili. Chili. <laughs> <laughs> Any kind of place that has chili, well, including Wendy's. No. Well, no, uh, Wendy's is good. I'm sure. I'm not eating fast food chili. I'm sorry. No, it's good. You put uh, it on a on a salad, make a taco salad out of it. See, again, two things I'm not getting at most places. You hate. Why do you hate tacos? I don't hate tacos. You obviously hate tacos, No, you, you just said salad, <laughs> which, again. It's a taco without the shell. And then if you want chips, you so can you do add, that. you add chili. Yeah, and chili, and then you can crunch up some chips on there. It tastes like a taco. With a lot of salad. You haven't lived. No, there's really a lot of chili in there. It's probably more chili than it is salad. KFC is good. I haven't been to KFC in a long time. Joe lives dangerously. He does. <laughs> he does. I went to KFC. And I'm guessing a lot of ago. the meals that he's talking about... We're single day Joe Reinagle. Or I, I can't imagine Maggie going to some of these places and watching you order some of what you're describing. Now the good thing about Maggie, she's gonna get what she wants and she lets me do what I do. I'm gonna guess she's not. 
She does. She does. I guess. She she may look at me funny, <laughs> there's, but there's nobody's wife that says, "Yeah, that fast food chili's a good idea." Well, there, she does because well, she likes it better than I do. Yeah, maybe she we'll snuggle up in bed afterwards. Yeah, you go. <laughs> I'm going out of town this weekend. You go ahead. Ooh. You go get that chili. You guys just you got to live a little. You got to take some chances in life. <laughs> there's some things I don't want to risk. <laughs> take some chances. You never uh-huh. know. Somebody find Tariq Woolen a good chicken sandwich place. I think we have failed them in the last five minutes. I think so, too. It's, we it's, tried, our, though. Our, our, our recommendations started well, and it just feel like they've gone kind of downhill. Well, I mean, there's a lot of options out there. And I bet you everybody's listening. Who, I don't know. Maybe all these folks that are listening have, have tried every chicken sandwich in town. Some, I haven't. Somebody's got a good chicken sandwich that they know. You know what? When I go to, some, when I go to this place, it's for the chicken sandwich. Chick-fil-A. That's what I said. Besides Chick-fil-A. Because clearly (laughs) if the kid wanted a Chick-fil-A, he would have... If he liked Chick-fil-A, and I'm not saying he doesn't, I don't know. But I know there's Chick-fil-A's in Florida. So if he wanted a good chicken sandwich and discovered rallies and decided he liked rallies better than Chick-fil-A, my assumption is Chick-fil-A is off the list for him. Well, maybe it was for the cheese sticks. You know, Chick-fil-A didn't have cheese sticks. Rallies does. Maybe that was more important to him than the chicken sandwich. No, but Chick-fil-A does have the uh, the, the macaroni and cheese. Don't they now have the fried macaroni at Chick-fil-A? There you go. My beautiful wife says Willie's Chicken Willie. See? It's really good. Willie's Chicken Willie. <laughs> and Maggie, if you could confirm that you encouraged Joe to eat the stuff he just described... <laughs> Because now I am curious. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Big news in the NFL today. One quarterback staying, one going to Denver. We'll get into all that as we continue here on the Blitz. Second of things, the Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix. San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. I'm Jason Minix. He is Joe Reinagle. I am. Newlywed Joe Reinagle. Newlywed. When does that end? After a year? Or when when does that newlywed thing end? I'm just curious. I I don't mind being a newlywed. I'm just... A lot of perks. But I'm saying (laughs) when, when the wife says, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think once she knows everything, you can scratch newlywed. Okay, right? Because your wife on our Facebook live feed says, "I don't encourage, but support." See, and that's a newlywed type thing. The set, yeah, nice. You know, three years from now, you 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 suggest chili from a fast food restaurant, and the answer is going to be hell no. Uh huh. Right, but right now, she doesn't encourage it, but she's agreeable. She supports. She also says. I've only ever had Dairy Queen blizzards. The things I've learned on the Blitz. Who knew? Well, obviously she hasn't lived, so I'm going to bring some tacos home tonight. Uh-huh. It, it has to be taco. It's Tuesday. It's... Taco Tuesday from Dairy Queen, darling. Get ready. <laughs> <laughs> the Dairy Queen Frito Pie Burger is fire. There you go. Um... Dude, Dairy Queen is a hidden gem. No, it really is. If you got an hour, <laughs> an hour—that's my biggest problem with Dairy Queen. 
it, it takes forever. Dude, I get right in and right out. It's because you're getting tacos. Bam. They were made Thursday. Probably. And they were made Thursday. They're delicious. They, I, I, they're not delicious. We tried them once. They're, they're, I thought they they're were delicious. acceptable. Pledge had about 10 of them. And he liked them too. Everybody around here but you liked them. No, I didn't say I didn't like them. I'm just not going to go order them. If I go to Dairy Queen, I'm getting something not called tacos. I'm generally going to get steak fingers. <laughs> That's my go-to when I go there. Just like your go-to when you go to certain places. Like, like I think a Longhorn Cafe is a burger place. You go chicken fried steak. Yeah. So I go to Dairy Queen, not getting their tacos. They're, they're there. Well, I have different choices at Dairy Queen. So there's a variety for me. There. A variety at Longhorn as well. Chocolate dip cones are fantastic at Dairy Queen. They are. They are. It, it's it's interesting. Some of the answers we're getting. Uh, I know on Twitter, D Landry seventy three tweets in at Joe Ryan Eagle two one zero at Jay Simonix. Chick fil A is still on the throne, but Popeyes and the Bill Miller's chicken sandwich are in the royal family. Because when he <laughs> used throne at the beginning, I wasn't sure where that tweet was going to end. Uh, Fat kid thirteen twenty three tweets in. I'm very high on the church's chicken sandwich. Trust me, it's good. And if you've got fat in your Twitter handle, I will agree with you. Um, <laughs> Probably knows what he's talking about. I'm just saying. <laughs> it, it, it's, 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 it's one of those things. You look at it and you, you go with it. It's, it's part of it. Well, a lot of good places around San Antonio. So obviously some hidden gems. And I'm so happy now that I'm on this radio station so I can educate all of you about some of the wonderful places we have here that you've never tried well, and you'll, you'll thank me later to quote rob thompson again i think about my craving now and i just saw from my alarm system my wife's home so i know she's not listening she's walking into the house now <laughs> so who knows what she's going to start planning for dinner now i have a crazy craving for a chicken fried steak and i'd go to longhorn there cafe to get it my guess is my dinner tonight's going to be better than yours and Maggie's if you're really going to get her DQ tacos. No, I probably will not go get DQ tacos. Oh, wait a minute. But I, I, what changed in the last four minutes? Well, because now that I have nights, uh huh. you know, it's a little more upscale, yeah, upgrade. Oh, yeah. Dairy Queen tacos were perfect when I was leaving here at 7 o'clock and had to get to the TV station by 8. Sure. So, you know, you whip into Dairy Queen. But Dairy Queen, it's good for a... a a quickie. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing quick about Dairy Queen. It is. That's part of the problem. On Fredericksburg Road, that Dairy Queen is quick. Bam. Mm-hmm. They roll it out. Is, is that what you're doing? They do. They roll them out, and it's good. Love Dairy Queen tacos from Dairy Queen. And I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to get you some steak strips since you're a big fan of them from my place in Alice Dairy Burger. <laughs> I still, I still want to go see McDowell's. Uh, you, you call it Dairy Burger? I don't call it that. That's what they call it. <laughs> well, but again, it's McDowell's from Coming to America. I, I'm sure it is Dairy Burger. Dairy Burger. What does it look like? Steak strips like a Dairy Queen. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> and somehow. Some lawyer hasn't found that place? Well, I guess they have the different M, or the different Dairy Queen logo. It's it's off a little bit. So it's not the Texas stop sign? Best steak strips ever. All right. I'm getting hungry. I'm telling you. And we had a big lunch today here at the station. Well, yeah, Pledge mm -hmm. brought it. Yeah. 
Pledge, Pledge went over and now he left going, hey, I'm going to go get a pizza slice. Cool, man. I'll bring you one. All right, cool. Because there's a place over off Walsham that I'm glad is still there. Um, haven't been since the shutdown. But they have great pizza by the slice. Yeah. Is it Ray's or Ollie's? It's Ollie's. So it used to be Ray's. Now it's Ollie's. But like there's a Ray's over on Fredericksburg. And it's so awesome. It's good pizza. Yeah, I think it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. Right? Just Ollie instead of Ray's. It seemed the same. Right. Well, he comes back with this giant big lose looking like pizza box. <laughs> it was huge. The, it, it, but Pledge eats an entire Philly cheesesteak sandwich and then like five slices of pizza. I don't know how the guy does it. I've had a couple of slices. You had a slice. And there's still half a pizza in the refrigerator and a box that barely fits in the refrigerator. I only had one slice. I didn't want to hurt Pledge's feelings. We actually had kielbasa sausage today for lunch. Oh, nice. It was delicious. So I had that. I was full. but On a bun? I in did, a wrap? I did Cut it up in pasta? Oh, in a tortilla. All right. So yeah. you had a sausage wrap. A little yeah. macaroni and cheese to go with that. Nice. It was great. But I didn't want to hurt Pledge's feelings. Just wing it says twenty minute food segment called Joe's Diner. I like that. That's nice. Maybe just wing it. We'll have some wings. We could. That doesn't sound bad. Dairy Burger Best Sweet Tea in South Texas. Jude Gonzalez knows about your dairy burger. You see that? Well, it's famous. Everybody knows about it. Everybody. Everybody. That's another place I need to get an NIL deal. Dairy Burger? Dairy Burger and Dairy Queen, baby. I'll be yeah. the do we reach Alice, Texas? If you're listening in Alice, Texas right now, the pride of Alice, Texas, That's Joe Reinagle right. for Dairy Burger. You know, Dairy Queen, it's the king. It's Dairy Burger King. If you want tacos, it's Dairy Queen. Steak strips, go to the burger. But again, it's Dairy Burger and you want steak strips. Dude, they're delicious. Their, how are their burgers? I don't know. Because you don't go there. I go to places for specific things. I don't go and just try everything on the menu. But again, the first time you go to Longhorn Cafe, and they're known for the Big Juicy, the burger. Right. How do you not try their burger? How have you never had a burger from Longhorn Cafe? I've never ordered one. I always look, When I go to Longhorn Cafe, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's been a while. It's chicken fried steak. All right. I go places because, I, hey, I feel like a chicken fried steak. Well, let's go to Longhorn Cafe. Hey, I feel like a chicken sandwich. Well, Chick-fil-A's down the street. I feel like some crunchy tacos. Hey, Dairy Queen's right over here. You know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's kind of the way I roll. So there's a dairy burger in Edinburgh as well? I did not know that. They've expanded? Obviously they have. Life is good now. Life is good. They, they expanded to Edinburgh. <laughs> dairy burger's been around a while, though. I haven't been back to Alice. My brother, if he has a business trip in Corpus, will go out of his way and drive to Alice just for the steak strips. Really? Yep. That's how good they are. Really? I'm telling you. And there's no other reason for him to go to Alice. No reason at all to go to Alice. Except for chicken strips. Steak strips. Steak strips. Not chicken strips. Okay. I've never had the chicken sandwich at Chris Madrid's just... To expel Would that. Would he get the nachos? I think I've had nachos there before. <laughs> I, the did they burger? have nachos? Not no, the burger. I get, a, I get a burger there. Okay. I don't know what it's called, but I haven't been Lord. there in a while either. All right. <laughs>
Russ is now in Denver. Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay. We've got to move on. Yes. <laughs> we, we got everybody hungry now, pulling over at Dairy Queens all over the city right now. I doubt it. Yeah, well, I bet you that's the case because that's we've, what's happening. We, we've got to get to this Airbnb story. Okay. Because it will ruin your appetite. <laughs> yeah, it probably will. Oh, my goodness. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's hungry. Odds are I'm getting a chicken fried steak for dinner. Yeah, odds are. Yeah. You'd probably place a bet on that certain places. You know what? If if I were going to bet what I'm going to get for dinner tonight, I'm going to win that bet. You're going (laughs) to? I guarantee that. Hey, guys. It's Rudy J. Your home for sports talk is right here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. I want to thank Alberto Carvajal listening right now while driving through Alice, Texas. And on your recommendation, Ryan Nagel, he's going to stop at the Dairy Burger and get some ch- uh, steak strips. Steak strips. Yeah. But you got to make sure, Alberto, you get the gravy and the hot sauce. Mix the hot sauce in with the gravy. I promise you, I'm going to be your hero. Now, when you go to the Dairy Burger yeah. in Alice, Texas, yes, am I going out on a limb? Are you the most famous person from Alice, Texas? I, you know, we there was a defensive back that played at Alice that played at Oklahoma. His name was Sonny Brown. Okay. So In 19 what? Uh, I, dude, I don't remember. I, I mean, it's, it's in the 80s like, sometime. Yeah. Okay, so not quite as old as, say, a Tommy Nobis, but... No, no, close. 1980s. Okay. Yeah, so... I don't know if people would know who the well, hell I am saying, in Alice, Texas, does, honestly. Is it, is it called the Joe Reinagle special? When you no, go into the Dairy Burger not. and you ask for the, I, I, I need it Reinagle style. No. It, so that's not a thing. That, I, I No, yeah, it's not a so thing. So the poor girl or guy working the register, 16, 17 years old, and the, and Alberto walks in and says, I need the Reinagle style. They would not know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Man, I haven't been back to Alice in 10 years, probably. They need to have a parade. You could be like the Grand Marshal. I should. I ought to have a statue downtown. I mean, the whole thing. Let's not get carried away. <laughs> the Reinagle School of Broadcasting. There you go. Alice, Texas. You're doing PA announcements wow. at Alice High School. <laughs> you Although, know, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Although, uh, a good friend of the show, your old photographer, uh, Marcus, yeah, uh, who's from Corpus, yes. not a big fan of Dairy Burger. Well, not a big fan of Dairy Burger or the city of Alice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my brother Marcus and I, we used to uh, talk a lot because we, you know, we traveled everywhere. Marcus and I worked 18 years together. And I got to tell you this story really quick. We were in Memphis covering the playoffs. Spurs uh-huh. were in Memphis. I can't remember what year this was, but it was early. We were headed to practice, but we wanted breakfast at Cracker Barrel. And the only Cracker Barrel we could find was in West Memphis, which okay. is actually across the border in Arkansas. Yeah, yeah. So we we find that and we say that's great. We'll walk. We'll, we'll drive over there and have breakfast and then head to practice. And so we did. Marcus and I park. We walking up to the door. We open the door and it's like time stood still. <laughs> I'm telling the clock stopped. The jukebox turned off. And Marcus and I are both just looking, and there were a bunch of old white people in there. Okay, and they they looked at me like. 
what the hell are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I know Marcus will appreciate that story, but how, it was... Uh, how was breakfast? Well, breakfast was... Uh, I don't remember if we turned around or we... No, we, <laughs> we actually just, ate there. Did you eat there? All right. Well, Cracker Barrel's a great place. Yeah. Good breakfast. I like it. But uh, it was weird. Let me just put it that way. And uh first time that maybe I had experienced something like that to that level. I understand. And so... You, but, you, uh, you travel outside of certain areas yeah. and you realize... There's still a lot of separation. Yes, there, there is. There, there is. And, uh, and Marcus was uh, a great sport about it, and we, we laugh about that to this day. So I, I believe funny. it. So, yeah, he, uh, he, t- he texted me a minute ago and was telling me about Dairy Burger and Alice in West, yeah. West Memphis, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm with you. And I know you guys travel a lot, and we travel a lot. One of the things that we do, especially when we travel as a radio group, we, we rent houses through Airbnb. Right. Now, it's always just a bunch of guys, so I'm not as much worried about this, but I have done Airbnbs with the wife. This will alarm you, should alarm you. And this happened here. This happened in Kendall Kendall County, which is like Bernie area, Bernie, right? yeah. Some guy faces 15 counts of invasive visual recording because the host of an Airbnb had a video camera and has lots of video of people having sex and lots and lots of photos of people walking around naked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, where does he have these? He's got them in a closet somewhere? or Well, I don't know where they're at now. I know that he got busted. One of his attorneys is Nico LaHood. Like so Nico. Nico's he, a good dude. And if you're in trouble, you want Nico you LaHood, do. which tells Absolutely. me this guy's in trouble. He's now, Nico <laughs> is saying he's innocent, looking forward to his day in court, but I, I can't imagine the he was busted because some guy was like, what's that? And it looks like one of those power <laughs> adapters, But that and that's how the guy was caught. Called the cops. Cops started looking into it, found where the videos were on this dude's laptop, and uh, lots of videos, and I'm thinking, okay, well... You know, generally when you're when you're not in your house, if you're in an Airbnb, you're in a hotel for whatever reason, it's just different. It's better, right? Right. right. Um, you know, getting you know, the term is road wins. I know there's kids in the car, so you're going for the road win, right? <laughs> you're, you're you're you're. I don't know. There's a little extra in there. Yes, which is good because if you're overperforming, you're on video. Or or if you're underperforming. It's on video. Yeah, I mean, you always want to check the tape and get better, but yes. this, this is not what they meant by that. <laughs> well, you know, the, the performance is one thing, but just walking around naked, I mean, I, I no, none of us look good doing that, especially when you're not prepared for it. If you <laughs> prepare, <laughs> I mean, what are you going to put your tuggy on well, and walk around I, the house? <laughs> maybe, maybe. It, seriously? It, it, no, not around I mean, my house. But if I'm in a hotel room or an Airbnb, maybe. <laughs> but again, if you're if you're home alone or if it's just you and the wife or whatever, I mean, you don't always have to be dressed. No, you don't. But and you could be on video if you're in that Airbnb. You would think it would be safe to do that, but it's just kind of freaky. It is kind of freaky, and and you know, the, unfortunately, those are things you got to worry about these days. So now that you, because uh, cameras ne- can be like ne- minuscule. Next time you check in. You know, it feels like in those crime shows, you know how they sweep the room looking for electronic devices. <laughs> exactly. Like, we all need to go get one of those somewhere just to make sure. You know, I don't know. There's some things. You can get that light, too, the black light. Yeah, I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. I, I, right? I don't want to do kinda that. That's kind of like checking the behind the kitchen door at your favorite <laughs> restaurant. I don't want to do yeah. that either. 
Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to do that. I certainly don't want that light. Oh, the idea of that light. Talk about roadways. Yes. Woo. Any roadways? Yeah, I don't want to do that. Oh my gosh. Oh man. It's well, the... we had people hungry earlier. Now they're sick to their stomachs. So we have accomplished a lot today. That's what we do. That's exactly and what we Deion do. Deion Sanders is down a couple of toes. We will explain and talk about that coming up with Dr. Josh Bell with our injury update. Joe Reinager, Jason Minix, The Blitz. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Lots of interesting news today on the injury front, one that we haven't really ever experienced before. Dr. Brad Tolan joining us now from the uh, Sports Institute there at TSAOG Orthopedics online at TSAOG.com. Dr. Tolan, how's your Tuesday? Great. How are you guys doing? We are fantastic and doing better than Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders has lost a couple of toes. They were amputated following some complications from a surgery. First, I mean, you read this and you go, wow, um, is that common? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Especially, I mean, especially in a guy that's still, I mean, relatively young and and athletic. So um, it sounds like he, he had some blood clots from a previous surgery that uh, caused the amputation, um, from what I understand, from a, a dislocated toe or something along those lines. So, um, I mean, obviously, uh, any loss of a limb is significant, uh, even a toe. When, when, you, when you look at and you think about it, because remember during the season, Coach Prime, had surgery and, and was out for a while on a scooter there for yeah. a while. And, uh, you know, he talks about it in his, his podcast and a documentary that's going to air on Barstool Sports, but, and help out with some of the medical terms, compartment, compartment syndrome, which means his leg yeah. swelled up and then they were draining fluid. And then they talked about they might have to take his leg from like below his knee, but settled yeah. on two toes. Right. So, I mean, there's, obviously a handful of significant life or limb threatening orthopedic emergencies. A compartment syndrome is one of those. And what that is, and it's usually related to trauma to an extremity. And what happens is the muscles in your leg are essentially have a lining over it of tissue. And when those muscles swell, either from a fracture or some other soft tissue injury, that lining over those muscles doesn't give. So what happens is at some point that pressure will start cutting off the blood supply to those muscles, and the muscles will start dying and necrosing. And the, it's a entity, if not treated quickly, you can lose your limb easily, uh, very easily. And it sounds like that's what happened to him, and then eventually developed a, a clot in a blood vessel, which affected the blood flow to his toes, and he lost, uh, it sounds like, his big toe and his second toe that required to be amputated. Now, obviously, given a choice between a couple toes and your leg, I mean, obviously, I think everybody would choose a couple toes. But irregardless, it's a significant injury um, to lose any body part. 
You know, especially when you're talking about the big toe, I mean, because that kind of balances us out more than anything. I mean, I would assume that Dan, and he's going to have to almost learn how to walk all over again, I would assume. Well, I mean, once it heals, they'll they'll give him a type of prosthesis or some uh, different type of shoe wear inserts to compensate. The big toe is like the thumb in our hand. Yeah. Think about it. And you're correct. And so, yeah, that big toe really, when you, when you walk, you, if you look ever look down at your feet, your big toe is what really pushes you off and propels you. So it's really it's important in terms of just a normal gait pattern. But um, uh, and obviously, it's the most important toe uh, of on your foot. So that's the toe that you don't want to lose if possible. Does this fall under the category? It's only minor surgery if you're talking about somebody else. You know, any of these things are major. I mean, any, especially a complication after after a compartment syndrome, and, and unfortunately, it occurs more than you think. And compartment syndromes are something that you just, you know, people that work in trauma centers see it pretty frequently, but those of us in the community fortunately don't see it uh, as often as we did back in the day when we were working in trauma centers and seeing people in car accidents come in all the time. Um, but you can have, there's also something called exertional compartment syndromes where athletes can get it. Um, and, and it's a little different than a, a traumatic injury, but it's still nonetheless is significant and is uh, potentially is dangerous. Dr. Brad Tolan joining us here on the Blitz for our weekly injury update as we talk about Deion Sanders primetime having two toes amputated following surgery complications. I, I'm curious if uh, is this isolated from the surgery and this is there or you go back to his playing days and he suffered turf toe a lot. And I used to make fun of Deion Sanders because I was young, stupid, and immature and going, dude, it's a toe, get out there and play, until I actually broke a toe and realized the pain that was there. I remember, you know, my dog would walk by and the tail the would, would hit my toe and I'd come out of my chair. I mean, it was, I, I, I literally, was, come on, it's, it's turf toe, go play. <laughs> because he had so many issues with turf toe, did that play a part in this? No, not at all. Okay. Um, completely, completely separate entity. I mean, this is related to obviously the compartment syndrome, which affects nerves, which affects blood flow. Um, and the fact that he developed a clot that, uh, affected the blood flow to his toes and essentially his, his toes died that required an amputation. I mean, the blood flow was cut off to the tissue. Doc, I may be the only one that doesn't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I don't know the answer and I know you do. What is turf toe? Exactly. So your big toe, when you toe, toe off basically the bottom of the big toe, there's two little bones that are called sesamoids. And there's a lot of tissue and ligaments and capsule that make up uh, that allow your toe to bend, but not bend it all the way back. Um, so turf toe basically is a hyperextension of the big toe where you actually tear those ligaments and capsule and sometimes can even damage those little sesamoid bones or little peanut-shaped bones at the bottom of your toe that are within a tendon that you can damage that whole complex. And it's incredibly painful if you've ever had it. And it takes forever to get better, especially for an athlete that's running around um, and it just, it's one of those things that you just see, once you have it, it just seems like it never completely goes away. You, you need a whole season of rest to get rid of it. Interesting. And, and what Dion is dealing with now isn't a byproduct. Like the history of turf toe, this surgery, it's isolated. And he even talks about 
um, they took toes. They were talking about his leg, and then they were also talking about preserving life. Like he could have actually died as a complication, a result of these clots. Right. Well, what happens? So think about it. So when you cut off blood supply or something, the tissue dies. And when tissue, when you have dead tissue in a body, essentially it's a nidus for infection. And so then you get dead tissue that's infected, and then the infection starts creeping up your leg. And once it gets in your blood, you could become septic and die. So essentially, there's this whole sequence. So you, these are things that you want, obviously, urgent medical care and, and people that know what they're doing because these things are, uh, you know, relatively infrequent that most people will see these again unless you're specialized in a place like BAMC or University and the Trauma Centers. Um, but these things happen, and, uh, and that's why it's so important to be appropriately diagnosed and treated quickly. I, I would like to think that a guy of Dion Sanders' wealth, statu- uh, stature as a head football coach, the medical um, community that he has available to him, and if he's having surgery, you know, I, I would imagine he's trying to find the best of the best, whatever it is. It, it, when I think about where this story is now and what we might read from in months from now, is this just one of those things that happened, or is there any kind of issue you guys in the medical field go man i hope that doc has a good insurance policy (laughs) um you know you would think yes in most situations where you're dealing in a top-notch athletic program or university setting you're going to have good good staff medical staff to be able to take care of you but we don't know dion's medical history for instance if somebody had a history of diabetes and some other issues that can affect blood flow normally um, that may play a role so we don't know his underlying medical conditions that may have contributed to it. But again, still with the compartment syndrome that he had, it's not, it's, it's fortunate that he sounds like he was treated quickly, but it's unfortunate that he's had some complications related to it, which are known complications. And if you remember when Alex Smith, the quarterback, you know, for the Chiefs and Redskins, when he broke his leg and had all those surgeries and uh, there's a special, I think on ESPN detailing his sort of course, and he almost lost his leg, almost lost his life, the whole thing. Well, he had a compartment syndrome as well. So uh, with a fracture, with a fractured leg, and then ended up getting infected and had multiple surgeries to debride the dead tissue or necrotic tissue to try to alleviate the infection with antibiotics and save his leg. So he went through something that took much longer than uh, Deion Sanders' recent episode, and it was a much longer protracted course. But eventually, I mean, he was was at a point where there was a question if they were going to amputate his leg to save his life also the same situation now doc is this something that that uh, his medical staff and the doctors there are going to be concerned about something they're going to check on a regular basis or do you think having done what they've done that's the end of it hopefully it's the end of it but anytime you have an, an air an area where the blood supply is cut off you want to make sure that the that doesn't progress further up the leg so when somebody has a clot, usually you're put on blood thinners um, or try to dissolve ways to dissolve the clot to maintain blood flow to the extremity. So I think even though he, it looks like he may be over the worst part, there's always that concern of monitoring the blood flow and making sure that he has good blood flow all the way down to his legs and that the necrosis is not continuing to extend more approximately or up his leg that is going to pose a risk for either his limb or life. 
You know, Doc so and, and Dr. Tolid, while we continue to talk about it, you got so many questions just on these two toes because it's Deion Sanders. It's it's the idea that something like this can happen is alarming. And then I think, okay, you've got the best in medical uh, care. Is and There's no real timeline here. Does this set in almost immediately or is he is he back living his normal daily everyday life and going ah man my toes aren't looking right but you know i'm a dude i'm not going back to the doctor yet because i don't have to go get another checkup till two tuesdays from now is it is it somewhere along in there like you know because most guys i'm guilty of it things can be wrong but i'm gonna wait till they're really really bad before i go get them checked out Right, and I think most people most people wait till it gets really bad. And sometimes it's waiting too long. I mean, it sounds like that he had you know surgery last September, and um, uh, and over time somehow developed a clot, uh, you know, related to the original compartment syndrome. And uh, it's hard to say without having all the information available in terms of uh, what exactly transpired between September and you know, March. Um, but uh, from all the reports that I've seen, that it's 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 related to the initial compartment syndrome and some of the issues that he's been going. All right, let's move. Let, let's move off the toes. There's other injuries we've <laughs> got to talk about, and I know we're keeping you long, Doctor Tolan. But uh, I'm just interested and curious about uh, uh, the loss of two toes for Deion Sanders. But speaking of two, um, maybe it's a new buzzword in the injury world, but there's a center with the Denver Nuggets dealing with bilateral knee soreness, and then D'Angelo Russell, he's dealing with a bilateral hamstring soreness. Now, we've heard these, we've heard hamstrings, now I'm getting bilateral in, in both of these. Is 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 that the new thing? Is It's got to be bilateral to make the injury report? You know, I mean, if you can have one, why not have two, right? <laughs> <laughs> Two's always better than one. Uh, no, it's a, you know, usually, you know, like we have a dominant hand and a dominant hand or arm that we use. You also have a dominant leg. So it's not, you know, it usually you see one more than another, but having both, you know, there's usually one is more significantly bothersome than another typically. And so, you know, usually if, uh, in these cases, you know, a lot of times in basketball players, it's hamstring strains where you partially pull the hamstring and, uh, you know, then you try to get back and you pull the other hamstring. It's not unusual because a lot of these guys are, uh, you know, they're huge guys and big and they're running up and down the, up and down the court and they're just doing uh, unfathomable type of things with their bodies. And, you know, the, the knee pains, a lot of times patellar tendonitis with jumper's knee, which is real common in basketball players. And that's something that sometimes can be chronic and bothersome throughout the course of the season. And it's not unusual that that can be in both knees. Uh, you know, so, so, so bilateral yeah. knee soreness, bilateral hamstring, is they're both sore. They can't just say both knees hurt, both hammies hurt. No, it, yeah. no. It, uh, has, it, has to, it has to be more uh, impressive than that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> bilateral. Bilateral. <laughs> Sounds bilateral. good anyway. Yeah. Sounds got, great. I got yeah, bilateral knee soreness. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it's both knees? Okay. <laughs> Take some Advil, you're fine. <laughs> Ice them up, let's go. Dr. Brad Tolan, always appreciate the knowledge and the insight. Uh, thanks for joining us here on the ESPN San Antonio Injury Update, powered by the Sports Institute at TSAOG Orthopedics Online at TSAOG.com. Thanks, Doc.
I guess he's gone. All right. He's bilateral. Bye bye. Bilateral. <laughs> bye. He said, hey, can't he be said both it to knees. both of us. Bo- both knees, huh? <laughs> That's what that means. It's got to be impressive. Exactly right. Dude, the loss of two toes. That's though. incredible. The, the Dion story is it, it, it's alarming because you know I, I I joke, but you know I always it's minor surgery when it's on somebody else. Yeah, and and we know complications happen. What I what I'm curious of is you know he went back to work. He was on the you know, and it, I'm sure there was some wrapping in there, and the, the story. Doesn't go into great detail, but as he healed, his toes began to darken under the bandages. Yeah. So how often are you checking the bandages? Or is it like everybody else? I mean, it's surgery. Yeah, something doesn't feel right down there, but I just had surgery. Like, I don't I don't have a checkup for two weeks. I'm good. And if he would have gone right away. Give me some more painkillers, right? Yeah. Basically. I, I mean, the athlete's mentality that it cost him a couple of toes. Well, maybe. It might have. And and uh, as you heard, the doctor, he's lucky it didn't cost him a leg. So Or his life. Yeah, or his life, for that matter. So I'm happy that, uh, that Dion's going to be okay. Because I think, I think Dion has got a bright future in coaching. I really do. I think he's one of these guys that, that knows how to motivate. And he knows how, you know, obviously he has a football mind, but I think he's got a bright future in coaching. And I want, I can't wait to see where it goes. You know, it, it's interesting because Dion's got plenty of money. Sure. And you look at where he's at right now. And there was talk of TCU's job, mm-hmm. right? And apparently, whether you interviewed for the job or didn't interview for the job depends on who you want to believe, mm-hmm. right? Um, Ironically, remember he said, I didn't interview that job. I've been in the hospital. Right. Yeah, there's Zoom there, Dion. Um, <laughs> but but I, 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 some of the comments, and, you know, that's the scary thing about the Internet. When you just see, you know, like a graphic and words, you, you, you know, I want to hear the voice. I want to hear it from Dion. But some of the things that you see attributed, like coaching the Cowboys, he doesn't want to coach pros. Right. He wants to be able to motivate and change the lives of young men, which I appreciate. But at what level? Because, you know, with the Florida State job, he could have that tomorrow if he wants it. Sure he could. He could have it today. He could have had it yesterday. I'm curious where Dion wants to go and is his goal to become a high-level D1 coach or stay at the HBCU level and try to impact lives on that level with not everybody that's going pro. And let's face it, what that man did in recruiting this year. Oh, it's incredible. You know, the NIL is, is one thing, and the notoriety that he has brought to his university ha- has certainly changed the idea that you can come here and you don't have to hope that some scout will find you. Well, who wouldn't it, want to play for Deion Sanders? Well, well that's Anyway, it. and that's what I mean. I mean, I think the guy is, is that kind of personality. He genuinely cares about the players that he's got on his uh, on his team, and and he's going to make a better person out of you, or you're going to go play somewhere else. And if you don't, it's going to be his way, and you're going to do it that way. And so I just think it's it. If I'm a parent of a kid who plays football, and Deion Sanders is the head coach of that football team, I'm certainly listening and. Uh, pushing my kid that way because i would love for him to play for a guy like that and and i'm curious though how the nil money is going to affect all that yeah all, all that landscape yeah. speaking of college football love it i do too and you know i'm a i'm a longhorn fan i am still not used to seeing gary patterson 
in a Longhorn shirt. There is a photo floating around the internet from the weekend where, you know, he's kind of squatting over. I guess they're recruiting a bunch of kids and he's got the Longhorn shirt on and he's doing the hook em horn sign. It's just freaking weird. Get used to it. I don't know that I ever will. Get used to it. I don't know that I ever will. I mean, you know, Texas does a lot of things that irritate a lot of people. But bringing in Gary Patterson has <laughs> got to be one of the most underhanded things they've done just for Steve Sarkeesian. I'm not a Steve Sarkeesian fan necessarily, but to do that to that guy, I mean, that's just kind well, of don't chicken you, poop, isn't it? Don't you believe Sark had something to do with that? No. I don't think so Sark had anything think, to do with you, it. You think Chris Del Conte went and hired Gary Patterson without Sark's blessing? I to think. To be on his football well, staff? Well, what's Sark going to say? No. 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 And then Del Conte's going to go, well, You're gonna how, about, how yeah. about you leave and I'll just bring Patterson in? You can either stay and be happy about it or or you can leave. You look at the guaranteed money I got on my contract. I, I, I'm with you. I got to believe. You know, it's like all these coaches that bring in other head coaches to be on their staff, have to be secure in their job. You know, it's like Mike McCarthy with the Cowboys. Everybody talking about Dan Quinn. Sean Payton's out there. I appreciate Mike McCarthy saying, I'm tired of talking about this narrative. I, I it, it, doesn't, it doesn't bother me because, you know, I'm going to go do my job, and if I get fired, I get fired. I'm in a business where that's the reality. But I'm going to surround myself with the best people that I think can help us win. But Gary Patterson? Gary Patterson? Gary Patterson was a very successful head coach at TCU. You turned that he program was. around. He did. So if you have an opportunity to hire a guy like Gary Patterson, you wouldn't do it? I would, and Texas would, and I guarantee you the Texas Longhorns don't do something very special this year. Guess who's going to be the head coach next? Well, you know what they did special? What's that? They put out this new hype video. Yeah. It's a fantastic two-minute video on social media. And ends with the SEC logo. I saw that. And all I was thinking of, not yet. They're not ready yet. You're not thinking about that bloodbath at Alabama? Or perhaps the... I want to uh, see the, uh, the $50,000 per NIL lineman, uh, how, how, how they're going to be. This is The Blitz with Joe Reinagle and Jason Minix, San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Major League Baseball preparing for a long night of negotiating. Key issues remain fluid, according to Twitter. We'll see. <sighs> Let's talk about Russell Westbrook instead. <laughs> Spurs do get the win last night over the Los Angeles Lakers as Greg Popovich ties uh, the all-time regular season wins record. He'll, he'll set the record on the next win, which hopefully is tomorrow night. Which technically, though, Pop is already the leader in wins. If you count playoff wins, well, that's why I say regular season. Yeah, he's way ahead of everybody. So I, I think I think Mike Finger from the Express News and myself are the two people that are very anal about that. When you have regular season, well, just all oh, he's tied Don Nelson for wins. No, he's already got that. Yeah. This is regular season wins, yeah. and there is a difference. He had playoff wins, and Pop's been the goat for a long time. Yeah, no question, and so. You know, we were talking about that earlier, about why Pop doesn't make a big deal out of it. And maybe that's why. You know, I don't know. Fans, as fans, we we want to make a big deal out of it. It's our yes. guy. It's our coach of our team. And, and so you want to make a big deal out of it. But Pop, well, you know, I've already 
I've already had that record for about two years now. You know, last night during the game, LeBron sat down. So I, I think he was doing Papa Solid. <laughs> I, I really do. The the idea that, you know, they got the win last night. It wasn't a good basketball game by any stretch. No. Uh, Fred Villarreal on our YouTube Live says he was at the game last night, enjoyed a subdued Laker crowd, lots of upset Laker fans, so it was a good night. And I would imagine that if you're a Laker fan and you bought tickets to that game, I heard Carolina Teague say earlier today on halftime that she spent 300 bucks for upper-level tickets to go watch LeBron James sit on the bench. Yep. And that's not why she shelled out $300. Well, that's the issue. You know, we've talked about in the NBA a yeah. lot. You pay a lot of money to see big stars, and sometimes, well, they just don't play. Got sore. Extremely. Extremely. Extreme knee soreness, which is different than bilateral knee soreness, by so, the way. We learned that today. Yeah, we did. All the things but, we learned. But you look at at that game, and, yeah, okay, I, I, I don't want to see Laker fans taking over our building, but the Spurs aren't very good, and if you're a Laker fan and you want to see LeBron play, I get it, and you spend the money to go. Dude, even when the Spurs were good, Laker fans were taking over the AT&T Center. They, they were, and it pisses me off. Yeah. But, Again, if you can find somebody that's going to spend, and I, I don't know if Teague spent $300 total or $300 each or how many tickets she bought, but 300 to sit upper level seems a little pricey. That's a lot. Even for this Lakers team. Yes. But there are a whole lot of empty seats down below. But somebody close to the court behind the, the backboard was heckling Russell Westbrook, calling him. Westbrook, which is not new. It is not new. He's had the Westbrook nickname for a long time, but now he's on a team that sucks. Yes. And he's not playing well. He's playing like Ben Simmons. He's And when I say that, he looks like he's afraid to shoot and afraid to miss. He missed four easy ones, three or four easy ones in that second half. I don't know if he's afraid to shoot. He shoots. He just... Uh, but he he's, afraid hit, he's afraid he to miss. He can't hit the ocean it's, it's right now. It, it's in his head. Yeah. It, it, it feels like it, it's in his head. And a fan last night in San Antonio got under his skin. <laughs> the video is everywhere about the the heckling Westbrook, and he's wanting to say something, and the ref says him. After the game, Russell Westbrook, Brook, Brick, Brook, <laughs> Russ said, He's not going to take that anymore. Don't call me Westbrook. I can no longer allow people, um, you know, for example, Westbrook to me now shaming. Like it's shaming my name. It's uh, my legacy for my kids. Um, it's a name that means more, not just to me, but to my wife, to my mom, my dad, uh, the ones um, that kind of paved the way for me. And, and that's just one example. I mean, that kind of hit myself and my wife in a, in a place where, um, it's not great, man, and, and you know I think a lot of it, a lot of times you know I let it slide, but it's now time to put a stop to to that and put it on notice. Like there's a difference, and I, it, we need to make sure that it's understood. And every time I do hear it now, I will make sure that I address it and uh, make sure that I nip that in the butt. How? Yeah, uh, it's a good question, Russ. How you just told the world that it's in your head? That it's under your skin. 
what are you going to do? Well, I, I mean, honestly, he's going to get in trouble is what he's going to do if he's going to have that kind of attitude because what he, what that fan did last night may very well be disrespectful. You could say that, but it's a fan and they're having some fun. And you know what? You got under a professional athlete's skin. You help your team out. He did. I don't think the fan crossed the line. Not at all. And I am a whatever the word is that I'm looking for. You can heckle. Yeah. You can. You there. There are certain words you don't use. Right. Certain names you don't call. You don't bring the family in. You. But I don't think you know there is crossing a line. You didn't cuss at him. You didn't call him a piece of. There was none of that. None of that. Right. Nothing racial. Nothing. I just took your right. name. And you're missing a lot of shots out there. And Russ Brick is just the natural. That's where it's going to go. Make your damn shots, and nobody's calling you Westbrook. I think it's genius. I mean, that. I mean, that's just you're right. And, it's and natural. It's not and, new, but the fact that they're losing, and he's getting worse while they're losing. It's it's under his skin. Now, again, you don't bring your family into it, but his family and his wife inserted herself into the conversation last night on social media claiming that there have been death threats to her to russ now that's crossing the line that's you, ridiculous you, you cannot yeah. allow that i agree and i can understand if you're getting death threats that russ would react the way that he he is but i think all he's doing is adding a little uh, lighter fluid to the fire right now because their next game uh it's the it's the the negative side that comes with playing with a team like the Lakers. Everybody wants to come watch you play, and everybody want to wa- wants to watch you fail. Can you imagine if they are, still have a game in Philadelphia or Boston or New York? I mean, he's going to hear it all over the he's place. Gonna hear, and he's going to hear it more now. Yeah. So, so now, you know, there's some fan out there thinking, I'm going to get under a skin. And he's going to challenge me, and he's going to punch me, and I got my retirement plan. But you know, Russ has always been a little bit of a hothead. Mm-hmm. Always has throughout mm-hmm. his whole career. So, I mean, this is really nothing new. And and I understand he's frustrated. I get that. But again, you're a public figure, and you know, heck, Charles Barkley is calling Anthony Davis street clothes. <laughs> I mean, it happens. That's what we do as fans. The Lakers beat Golden State on Saturday. LeBron put up 50-some-odd points. Yeah. Showing off for Matt Stafford courtside. LeBron's words. (laughs) Greeny, Stephen A., Wilbon, Magic Johnson. On the court, Mm -hmm. Magic Johnson called him Westbrook. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and talked about the disappointment mm-hmm. that Westbrook has been since he became a member of the Los Angeles Lakers. Magic Johnson called you Westbrook. So when these great players of the past are doing the same thing that that fan did in the seats, how can you be mad at the fan? I mean, why don't you go call out Magic Johnson? Dude, he's not calling he's out not Magic gonna Johnson. He's not going to do that. But, and, and, and I understand where he's coming from. What he should have said, PR 101, laugh at it, mm-hmm. make shots. Right. By saying you're going to nip it in the bud, and I'm not going to stand like he was telling the fan last night. There's video all over social media. Yeah. Put some respect on my name. Um, dude, all you're doing is making it worse. 
you're 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 opening the door for more fans to start calling you Westbrook. That's all. And he what's going to happen now is you're going to have you know ten fifteen thousand people in an arena chanting Westbrook. Yep. Every time you're on the line. Yeah. When you're in a visiting arena, mm-hmm. and hell, the way Laker fans have been, it might happen at the it forum might. or They've the been... forum, the, the 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 crypto place, right? <laughs> uh, it's not Staples anymore. But you, you see what I mean? It's yeah. It, 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 you're not helping your cause not at by all. acting like this. Your wife shedding light on something that is a seedy, nasty side of sports that I wish wasn't there. Right. You know, DeJounte Murray tweeting out defense of Westbrook today. Um, he did. What, what was his tweet? He said, uh, through all the BS and disrespect on Russ's name, they, in all capitals, can never take away his greatness and who he is as a person. The real forever with you and never against you, my brother, at Russ West 44 believe that. Now... I'm not sure. I, I think that's just the way DeJounte is. He's he's uh, one of those guys that doesn't want to see anybody disrespected. But if DeJounte Murray plays long enough, guess what? It's probably something, and if it hasn't already, it's probably going to happen to him too. Uh, look, fans pay a lot of money. We've already talked about that. If they want to go, as long as they're not disrespectful as far as crossing that line with racial slurs or just something ridiculous. But if you're just up there having some fun like that, I think fans have every right in the world to do that. And I understand players not wanting to hear it. But sure. It's, it's not always flowers. Then and go do something else. Be a, a, be a doctor or something. A reason you make the money mm-hmm. you make and people pay the money they pay to w- go watch you play. Exactly right. No line was crossed last night nope. in San Antonio. Not at all. We've seen... Lines get crossed, and I, and there is a huge difference there. Uh, what what I saw last night, I'm okay with. I'm perfectly okay. What with What we've it. seen in other arenas, lines get crossed, and those fans need to be dealt with and banned from the arena, and all the all those kinds of things. And typically, they are they're taken out and they're banned. But as a player, the discipline, and he's been in the league long enough to understand what that discipline is. That. You've got to you've got to tune out the noise. You can't let mm-hmm. it get to you. But you let it get to you last night. Then you went on the podium and said, "I'm I'm going to let it get to me every night." Mentally, you've already lost. Mentally, fans, I, I can imagine. And I'm trying to think. The Spurs organization, maybe not, but there are certain organizations out there, Phoenix, where I imagine that you know there's going to be I don't know an Acme type uh, a brick <laughs> video playing on the jumbotron there, there might there, be there you know there there are people that are going to do that you know i could i'd love to see that cody come out and start laying bricks when <laughs> when, when westbrook is in the building and it might not happen here but you know it's going to happen you know it's going to happen i'm sure it's going to happen i'm sure it's going to happen the problem is russell westbrook didn't just start this he's done this his entire career he has whined and cried and he's been a hothead it's just that simple. That's just who he is. And you know what? If you want respect, earn it. The guy, in my opinion, when he first came, he was fantastic. I loved watching him play. Still love watching him play. But he just doesn't have the it to take a team to a title. And we've seen that. He just doesn't. And he joined the Lakers thinking he could be the missing piece. Now, the Lakers, old, banged-up basketball team. But... They are old. If Street Clothes gets his uniform back, LeBron's there, playing in tournament or not, 
This is a team that could still make some noise in the postseason. I just don't see how. I tell you, what, I'm watching Carmelo Anthony and and Dwight Howard limp up and down the court last night, and it's like this is pathetic. If they're healthy, I don't want to see it, but I'm not ready to count them out. I'm counting them out because it's the Lakers. New Orleans is a game behind them right now of jumping them for that ninth spot, which would mm-hmm. put the Lakers in. T- they're in a free fall. Well, they're, but they're going to be in the playing tournament, not necessarily. Uh, they, Not necessarily. They, they, they could be in the play-in they tournament. They could be. They, they're likely to be in the play-in tournament. Mm, I wouldn't go uh, that far. Uh, imagine the play-in tournament, if the season ended today, would include Kevin Durant and LeBron James. Who would have ever thunk that when they put that thing in play? Well, how about this scenario? That New Orleans finishes 9, Lakers 10. They got to go play the Pelicans in New Orleans where Anthony Davis first started and said he wanted to get the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And then New Orleans thrashes them there and sends those guys packing. That would be nice. That would be nice. It is the Blitz here on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN AM 1250, 103.3 FM. Hey, guys, it's Rudy J. Let's talk the biggest stories in sports tomorrow morning, 7 till 10, on San Antonio Sports Star, ESPN 1250 and 103.3 FM. Gotta love March Madness, man. There are some buzzer beaters yesterday. A lot of fun game with the winning you're in, although... The NEC championship right now. I don't even know what NEC is. What what conference is that? Yeah, the but, Northeast Conference. Yeah, Bryant is uh, leading Wagner. Was it thirty eight to twelve? They just went to commercial. Yeah, break. something like that. I mean, it was like thirty one to six before everybody sat down. <laughs> so it was uh, it was quick, man. This weekend, brackets are going to be out. Make sure you go to TwinPeaksBracketChallenge.com. You could win $2 million for the uh, Twin Peaks Bracket Challenge presented by Dos Equis. Just make sure your brackets are in Thursday, St. Patty's Day, before 11 a.m. Looking forward to that because all the seeds will be out and everybody will be in. We'll be talking about who got screwed and who probably shouldn't be in and all of that good stuff next week. So that's good. Plus, we're having a party this Friday. Yes. This Friday. This Friday. We're going to cut ties. <laughs> not with like each, we're getting divorced. Not with each other. Yeah. Not with each <laughs> done other. Done with you already. You're done. No. So I'm that, looking that forward to it. That 90-day probationary period is coming up. We're cutting ties. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. Looking forward to it. It's a welcome back to radio party at Slackers in the Medical Center. And uh, we'll be broadcasting live out there 4 to 7. And I imagine we'll uh, probably stick around a while. I would imagine we will. And when we say cutting ties, you get a chance to... I don't know. I don't know how we're going to do it yet. We'll probably have a meeting that neither one of us will go to. Probably not. There's going to be prizes in the ties. Yes. Good prizes. Kevin Hart tickets. Taste of Northside tickets. I love it. So, you know, so you're going to be, you don't get that. Ryan Angle, he doesn't want you to cut a tie off his neck. Not off my neck, no. So we're going to use Pledger's neck. Well, that'll Um, work. That's good. And and put, put. Maybe Jimenez. That's the only way he gets an invite. No. If he wears the tie. He's not allowed to come. <laughs> I mean, Edwin's your producer technically now. So. Yeah, but see, he'll be here. You get out of the glass box of fun, but in order to do that, you got to put your neck on the line. And you've done a lot of stupid things. <laughs> that like, I have. Like it, falling down in parking lots. <laughs> while tripping over his own two feet and then blaming leg day. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't have done this on yeah, leg I know day. It. I know. Shouldn't have. You shouldn't have done it, period. <laughs> eh, I don't regret it. You should. 
You should, but man, you turn that video around fast. <laughs> Except that pair of tights is probably gone. He's had to throw those away. They had a big hole in them. He'll still wear them. He'll still wear them. He'll still wear them. It's a badge of honor. <laughs> you remember that time back in 2022? I tried to be like Tariq Woolen. Yeah. Who was fantastic on the Blitz earlier today. If you missed it, check the audio vault at sasportstar.com. The audio vault powered by AA Best Bail Bonds. That'd do it for us. Maybe tomorrow we'll have some baseball news to talk about because they're going to negotiate all night long.